Welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 52, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's chilling downstairs in his basement with his good old Blackhawks hat on. And this right here, this is Joey Parisi, and his shorts are still wet from finding out that Trevor Story signed with the Boston Red Sox. Joseph, I'll start with you. How are we doing? What's up? Yeah, so I got some good looks of pictures of him today for the first time. Over at uh, did you see what number he's wearing? Um, I didn't know he's wearing number 10, like section 10. What a player! Trevor Story is my he's my new favorite Red Sox player, I think. Yeah, he's gonna be sick. Frank, how you doing? Good, I was wondering where the balloons are. It's episode 52, it's a ah, year. Ah, that means at least episodes, means at least a year. Yeah, yeah, you know what's funny though. It definitely started in April. So how the hell did that happen? I remember. Oh, there was, was an extra there was an extra week this year. Is that really true? <laughs> no, I I think I think there, there was, was really? there are fifty six Wednesdays or fifty four Wednesdays, fifty two weeks, if that makes sense. I know math doesn't really add up here well, but right? Am I right about that? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Are there fifty like, like, about, on the same day? People, people who get paid bi-weekly get fifty, get uh twenty-one checks or however many. You know, they they get two more checks if they, they get, get paid twenty-six checks. They get twenty-six checks if they get paid bi-weekly. They get twenty-four if they get paid twice a month. It's the same kind of deal, I think. What a debacle! Complete debacle. But fifty-two episodes—that means a year worth of episodes. Because I know we've taken a couple episodes of Crosstown off, you know, due to different circumstances. But I'm pretty sure because we have three people, we have not missed an episode of Bar Down. Am I correct in saying that? I don't think there's been a single week. Maybe one. I thought there was. Maybe there was one around Christmas. Actually. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, we, we do a lot of bar down. We do a lot of hockey talk. But really quick, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's show, I'm in Wisconsin. A lot of cheese around here. So it got cheese on my mind. I've been thinking a lot about cheese lately. Frank, you like cheese? I love cheese. Go into it, man. I want to hear your, some analysis on your cheese. There's really no cheese I like. I like a little gorgonzola Swiss. You mean there's really no cheese you don't like? There's a couple. I don't like blue cheese. Um, okay. But besides that, that might be the only cheese I don't like. I'm trying to think of other cheeses, but I like Chihuahua cheese. Uh... Do you like from un- <laughs> do you like from under cheese? I like basically any type of cheese there is, except blue cheese. So you cheese. do like from under cheese? I mean, sure, why not? Like from under your feet? That's fine. It probably um, goes good on a little pasta, so yeah, why not? I really I mean, hope I, our dad heard you say that. I would try. Oh, if 
if Mike heard that, he's dying somewhere in uh, Plan Mecca's warehouse or whatever the hell he yeah. is. And he point. usually says, it's usually from under your toes, not from under your feet. I don't know why well, he says toes. I like feet better. I like my way better. And I know you do too. A little bit. Uh, I, like- I have a question for you. You talk shit about blue cheese. I don't like blue cheese either in terms of like crumbles or slices of it, but I like blue cheese sauce, like dipping my wings in blue cheese sauce. To me, it doesn't taste like the blue cheese you eat on like a burger or something are you anti blue cheese sauce as well yeah i'm anti everything blue cheese unless it's in isn't it in buffalo dip i believe sometimes it is i use it in buffalo it's the sauce that's used in buffalo no dip, but though, i don't like, I like the it. sauce just on the side by itself like i'm not gonna no? dip my wings in there or anything like that okay very interesting because i know a yeah. lot of people who agree with me like oh i hate blue cheese except the sauce joe you yeah well to me, blue cheese sauce isn't like like what is that base? I don't think the base is cheese. No, it's, it's not. Got, it's, it's like, like almost got a ranch something. texture. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like it's in, a order to make it, in order to make it, you like mix buttermilk, sour cream, and then you put blue cheese crumble yeah. into that. So, so to say you don't like or to say you you like that, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Like it doesn't really taste like blue cheese. The actual like crumble shit of blue cheese. I don't like blue cheese either. I'm actually not a cheese guy. There's a lot of cheeses I don't. There's more cheeses I don't like. Pretty much all those fancy cheeses that, like, technically smell bad, I don't like the taste of those. Like, those, they just got a weird taste. But I've seen you eat a shit ton of cheese. No. Yeah, I like mozzarella. I like the ones that all the kids like. Mozzarella. I like Swiss guy, too. Yeah, I see. I don't like Swiss cheese. Oh, I I love Swiss cheese. On a certain situation. I like mozzarella in all the different forms it comes in. So, like, burrata, uh, the bocconcini. That's, like, some of my favorite stuff. Bocconcini. What is string cheese? What kind of cheese is string cheese? Pretty sure that's mozzarella. I just had one. You can use string cheese to make mozzarella sticks. I have before. Yeah. But like any Um, of those fancy cheeses, pretty much if it's got, oh, there's one cheese that I really do like actually that is considered a fancy cheese, and that's brie. I love brie brie cheese. It's it's creamy. I actually like the weird crust parts. I eat the crust. (laughs) Okay. So you can't say you're not a cheese guy because you are. I'm not a cheese guy. I'm not a cheese guy. You like, you love. No, because I'm not even like I don't even really like cheddar that much. Like if there's cubes of cheddar, I will not eat them. So you're not a cheese guy. That's different. Like it's the cheese. It's a heavy cheese flavor. It is a heavy cheese flavor. I don't know. It's just cheese on itself is very strong. I find it hard to like let Joey say he's just not a cheese guy because he puts like everything with cheese on it. He loves like he'll eat mozzarella sticks. He likes cheese curds. He likes like the cheeses you do like you love. Okay, I guess cooked cheese, like yeah, fried cheese is awesome. When it's on a burger, I want like extra American cheese. I love the That's big plastic. Shit. But you okay. can't say you're not a cheese guy. When I think of a cheese guy, I think of like the snobby, like like weird smelling cheeses that you drink with. That you eat that with that wine and grapes. You eat with wine and grapes, and that no, I don't like that. Can you each come up with a Mount Rushmore of your favorite types of cheese? I think so. Easy. Yeah. Joseph. Oh, easy. Okay, let's easy. hear it. Pal. Hey, first of all, a good one after saying yeah. easy. First of all, is cream cheese a cheese? Yeah. Okay, and cream cheese. I got my four in my head. Cream cheese, American cheese, mozzarella cheese, and probably that brie that I was talking about because I love that fucking wax. Oh, it's good shit, Frank. Absolutely. Cream cheese is up there. Uh, Nacho cheese. Which is like what? Is that like a sharp? I don't know. Is that a Yeah, nacho cheese is a great answer. I mean... Okay, nacho cheese, yeah. cream cheese, Swiss. I love a good ham and Swiss. And uh, mozzarella. 
All right. And yeah, I saw Joey's face light up when you said nacho cheese. Because he's not a cheese guy. But if he could bathe in nacho cheese, he probably would. Like, he likes That's cheese. So good. You like nacho like- cheese. You go to Guaranteed Ray Field and you have some of that nacho cheese poured into like a little cup and you dip a pretzel yeah. in it and chips. Or when you get the helmet nachos and you pay an extra two bucks for a little ass cup. I've done that. Yeah, I've paid copious amounts of money for like small portions of cheese. They they can get guys like me with overpricing cheese and it, it works. I really like cheese. I would say my Mount Rushmore is absolutely um, cheddar, mozzarella, nacho cheese. And then shout out pepper jack cheese. I like spicy if stuff. Somebody, I like a little extra flavor. If somebody didn't like cheese, it would limit what they could eat. Yeah, that's fair Not to say. The there's a, there's around, at least a little cheese in almost everything. Yeah. No pizza. A whole plethora of chips. I mean, I, a lot of dips. So yeah. That's why it's not sandwiches. If you got well, then you had to give it no cheese. But yeah, like imagine some, cheese can't be avoided. Like I'm imagine being dairy free. Like imagine oh just God. like those people who just can't eat dairy. That sucks. Yeah, and mice. We had a little mice conversation before we went live on air. They actually don't like cheese. So next time someone calls you a little mouse, tell them, "Well, no, I love cheese." There you go. Um, there you go. Also, like those the Italian cheeses, I'm not a huge fan of. Like you don't like ricotta. No, like I'm not. A, that's you like the only, clown face. That's like the only reason I, I'm not a huge lasagna fan. I love lasagna. lasagna. I don't like lasagna because of the ricotta. Not you a huge like fan of. I mean, I, I like it. Like I'll eat raviolis. Someone, in someone take this Italian card away. I'm just. I just you. won't eat it like on by itself though. I I wouldn't do that. Yeah, or um, like a what's the other one? Bit. Yeah, what's the other one that comes in like a container and kind of looks like that? Feta. Yeah, we have, feta. We had no mention of feta. I love feta. Greek Feta's food or good. Mediterranean food is awesome. Yeah, see, no, I would leave that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that was some really good cheese discussion. You guys like? I'm assuming like all the apps that include cheese, like mozzarella sticks or cheese curds. I had some really good cheese curds yesterday. We've ordered cheese curds at every restaurant I've gone to so far, I'm pretty sure, and they've all been awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you're, you're, I hope you're bringing some home for your, your favorite two co-hosts. Um, by the time I got back, they'd be trash, but I'm down to get some good cheese curds. Oh, like you get the part. cheese curds like from the from the cheese place. like They come in the bag. They're not like fried. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Hey, if I can get my hands... You can like, bread them yourself, right? Yeah, you can uh, do whatever you want. We just eat them plain, and it's phenomenal. They're phenomenal. He's um, I mean, yeah, maybe I could do something like that. And we could watch some hockey. You know, I'll see what I can do. And actually, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, I actually, besides blue cheese, I don't think I've ever gotten a meal or an, a food item without cheese that had it on there. Like if it came with cheese, I've never ordered it without cheese, unless oh, blue cheese. I think I'm the same same way. Like blue cheese burger, no blue cheese, please. But other than that, I completely agree. But like any other food that had a cheese in it, I've never ordered it without cheese. Yeah. Then there, there's a cheese that we didn't even mention that you and I will always go to town on, and that's when you're at like a Mexican restaurant and you get like a queso blanco. <laughs> well, I didn't even think of queso. Queso might be on the right, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean queso is like queso deserves all the recognition and we didn't even talk about it you can't say you're not a cheese guy if you adore queso the way that joey parisi does okay but when i think of a cheese guy here's what i think of i think of like you get the, yeah you got like it's always like paired with grapes and a good aged wine and you got those cheeses that smell bad and not they're eating them with fucking cubes 
Okay, those types of cheeses I don't like. Like pretty much a cheese that is expensive and considered like a uh, a delicacy. Like there are cheeses like that. Like I think they're disgusting and I wouldn't leave them. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a cheese show. We sit here and talk about cheeses. So we're going to continue our cheese conversation in period number one. Welcome to period one, where we're going to talk about mozzarella cheese and all the different types of cheese that are uh, all the different types of meals and delicacies that come with mozzarella. I'm just kidding. As much as I want to talk about cheese, um, I'm here in Wisconsin. I feel like I have cheese in the air at this place. We are going to talk a little bit of hockey on this show that, you know, we are told to talk about hockey on. Um, big, big, big week for the National Hockey League. I would say it is one of the circled dates on the NHL calendar each and every year, and that is the trade deadline. The trade deadline, for those who don't know or just need a little bit of a recap, is the day on the NHL calendar where when it reaches a certain time, you can no longer make trades for the rest of the season. I'm actually not sure exactly when you're allowed to reopen the trade no. market. There will be trades made like during the Stanley Cup final between two teams that didn't make the playoffs. So I'm not exactly sure I, when. Really I heard a rule. I heard a rule, and I was just educated on this like within the past week. If you can make a trade right now, the Bruins and Devils can make a trade right now, but any players involved can't play for the remainder of this season. Oh, okay. Now that makes sense. So the yeah, guy, no matter the guys yeah. who get traded in the playoffs aren't in mm -hmm. the playoffs. That so like okay. And there's other there's probably I think there's other stuff too that like will hinder teams from doing that. Like there's going to be other penalties that each team face. But you could make trades. It's just those players can't participate in anything going forward. Okay, that's actually very interesting to know. But based on like the big players, all movement has been put to an end until likely the week leading up to the draft. I would say that's when trades start to pick up again. Uh, I can't wait to cover the draft on this show. We covered it last year, just me and Joey adding Frankie to the mix for that. Hearing what you guys think about some prospects and stuff like that is going to be so exciting. I literally cannot wait to do it. But we still have a whole rest of the season to go. And the big story from, you know, Monday's trade deadline. Actually, there was something that happened right before the actual trade deadline day. We'll wait to get to what happened on the actual trade deadline day. I want to get to something that happened, I think it was a day after our last show. And, of course, that was the Chicago Blackhawks acquiring two players that are NHL players playing in their lineup every night for the Tampa Bay Lightning at that point, and, and two first-round picks in exchange for – or not – it was a two first-round picks or a first and a second – Two first-round picks. Two, two first-round first picks. Two firsts and two players in exchange for Brandon Hagel. Now, yeah, the players were Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. Yeah, it's Kachuk. It's Kachuk. Kachuk. Yeah, it's or I've heard people say Kachuk too, but when I say Kachuk, I think of those two little rats from. Well, I say Kachuk, like a Kachuk or Kachuk, or I don't know. Yeah, well, Kachuk. To me, the Kachuks are Brady and Matt, the two little f-words from St. Louis, and then. Uh, the Kachuk is this kid going to the Hawks from Tampa Bay. Well, I've been on the trade Hagel wagon all season long. Uh, he was a fringe AHL player before the season even started. And then he had a really hot start and he continued it through the season. He's a good player. He's going to help Tampa Bay. It reminds me of when they acquired Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils. They have very similar skill sets. 20 goal scorer, chip in 15 to 20 assists, be a 40 to 50 point man. 
Um, that's really good. That's very valuable on an NHL team, especially one that has aspirations of winning the Stanley Cup. But you're the Chicago Blackhawks. You're not going to be good while Brandon Hagel's in his prime. So you might as well get what you can for him and push your rebuild down the line a little bit. And that's exactly what they did. So I'm actually, they got a little bit more in return than I thought they were going to. They got two seconds as well, didn't they? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's just the two, picks. It was, two sure? first round picks and then the. Players. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the two firsts are for next year and the year after, 23 and 24. And that's probably a good thing because I think Tampa Bay is better this year than they're going to be next year. And that that's that's nice because next year's draft is much deeper than this year's draft. Shane Wright is at the top of this year's draft, but there's a deeper pool of elite prospects in next year's draft where it could bleed into the 30s and 40s where you get like a first-round type talent going into that draft. So I think it's good that they got the 23 instead of the 22. And I like this trade for both teams because both teams got what they need in this trade. Joe, you look like you had something to say, so I'll start with you. Yeah, well, Frank, it, you might be thinking of what the Hawks sent over. The Hawks also sent to Tampa two fourth-round picks. Okay, maybe that's So there were more good. trades involved. So, so Tampa not only acquired Hagel, but they acquired two fourth-round picks from Chicago as well. Which they've been be better a, at turning into stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, wouldn't that just be a big fuck you to like everything if, if those fourth-round picks became superstars? <laughs> Um, but yeah, that I'm looking at every single trade here. I have every trade and I believe that, and then a trade that we're going to talk about very soon were the only ones that involved first round picks. Uh, so I would say this Hagel trade might be the biggest trade of the, of the deadline. Like in terms of the return, I did not think they'd get two first round. I didn't either, to be honest with you. Like I I would say that's a very job well done for the Blackhawks. I I was against the trading Hagel, but when Mm -hmm. I saw the return, I think the Hawks won that trade easily and I was happy about it. Um, I, I'm happy what they got. I didn't think he was worth two first round picks. Um, they were talking about maybe they get one, but let alone two conditional and two players who to me in their first two games as Blackhawk has looked pretty decent. I'm happy with it so far. There you go. I, I, I find it hard to say the Hawks won the trade. If Tampa Bay wins the cup again, they got exactly what they wanted. Right. I mean, they're staring down potentially being one of the better dynasties in the last 25, 30 years. If they win the cup again, either this year or next year with Hagel. I mean, there's a it's, chance it's, there's another cup heading Tampa's way. It wouldn't shock anyone here. No. To bring up again. Yeah, it's one of those trades where, like, you can't even look and pick a winner or loser right now. Either two teams that aren't going to The Hawks are a winner. Team. No, the Hawks are a winner in it, in my opinion. Exactly. But you're, I don't think it's, it's fair to compare the teams who won more than the other because they have two completely different goals, and we're not going to see if the Hawks can really consider this a winning deal until, the, you know, they make these picks and these players develop. So – yeah, I, I, right now you're going to say that the Hawks won the trade, but exactly the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to end up winning that trade if the, if it ends up working out with Hagel, So I think even even if they make it to the conference finals for the next two years and come up just short, like it's hard to win the cup. Only one team does it. But if they remain one of the elite teams in the league with Hagel for the next three or four, maybe five years, he replaces Tyler Johnson or Blake Coleman or whoever, uh, Barkley Goodrow's gone. They kind of had to rebuild their third line, and this was their way of doing it. They gave up a first – for Coleman, two years ago, they gave up a first and Nolan Foot for Coleman, you know, right before COVID hit. So, like, I don't know. The Hawks kind of took the market. It was a buyer's market for sure in terms of depth forwards that can contribute some offense. So, personally, I like the deal for both teams. I honestly don't. I'm not crazy about it for Tampa. <laughs> but You're really not? 
No, I, I mean, I know Hagel's good. Like, I've seen – he scores every time I'm there. Every time I end up watching the Hawks, Hagel's on the score sheet. He scored every time you're there. That is correct. Yeah. And uh, – but, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's going to necessarily, you know, make or break this Tampa Bay Lightning lineup. And to not have that first-round pick for the next – for 2023 and 24. And then I'm looking here. They don't even have their second-round pick in 23. So, I don't know. I don't I, think they really need it, though. I know they don't need it, but they're like, so that, they're, deep. Like they're just—they're literally going for like cups, as many cups as possible right now. Like they're, hey, we just we just went back to back. Let's try to win as many Stanley Cups right now. And if they don't end up winning any more cups, like they—they're—they're they're giving away a lot of picks here. I don't know. Their their top goalie, their top defenseman, their top winger, and their top center are all going to the Hall of Fame, and they're all under thirty. Why wouldn't you try to get the most out of that core? Am I wrong in saying that their top center, their top winger, their top defenseman, and their top goalie can all retire tomorrow, and they'd be going to the Hall of Fame, and they're all still in their prime. With I agree with that. Years of being elite left. Why wouldn't you trade? Your, I mean, let's think about what's the difference between Tampa's first round pick and the Devils' second round pick. It's probably like six slots in the actual draft, right? So, you know, sometimes I think people do – I heard this quote from my friend Steve Dangle like five or six years ago when they traded Phil Kessel, the Leafs, to the Pittsburgh Penguins. He goes, sometimes people just get so caught up in first round, second round, third round. Technically, Tampa's pick this year is probably going to be somewhere between 28 and 32. And the second round pick of, like, the Devils is probably going to be, like, 36, 37. So, like, you know, how what is the actual difference sometimes – and that's what we'll get to when we talk about this other trade coming up here in a minute when it comes to certain rounds and certain picks. But I think the Lightning saw how valuable that third line was for them last year with Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, and Barclay Goudreau. It was probably the best third line in the NHL, and it complemented their top two lines so well that they're trying to recreate it is my assumption. Don't you agree? Yeah, and I agree, and I agree that they should try to win as many cups as they can right now because I do agree that all those guys are Hall of Fame players. But I don't know, is Brandon Hagel worth that that price? I I don't know. To most teams, no, certainly not. He's uh, who's 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 Brandon Hagel on the Bruins? DeBrusque? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and DeBrusque is certainly overperforming that, my, himself no, but, as of. Okay, so he's probably better than DeBrusque. But, like, is he Craig Smith? Craig Smith is actually probably a really nice comparison. Craig Smith. Uh, Craig I'm Smith trying to think who on the Devils is Brandon Hagel. Yegor Sharangovich, maybe? But the Devils want to keep him because they're rebuilding. But, like, if the Lightning wanted Yegor Sharangovich, they would pay for him. So, Frank, I'm interested to think or see what you think about um, the two players that the Hawks got back. I know you brought up how they played a little bit in their first two games. I know the Hawks lineup just a little bit different looking last game and coming up here in their next game, I believe tonight, um, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, we'll get to that in a minute, but they're going to have the two new forwards, Vlasic's in. So I'm curious to know what you think about kind of these two new guys. Uh, well, we saw them play against the Wild in Winnipeg. Their first game as a Blackhawk were against the Wild and not much for Kachuk really happened that much. I mean, he got some decent ice time. Other than that, it was really hard to tell in his first game. Not much happened for him. But Taylor Radish actually got a breakaway in that game. 
Um, and he was just playing phenomenal. Got a couple shots on goals. I love the way he looked. He looked, you know, he looked engaged in the game with the team. He wasn't kind of like, oh, I'm not going to be the guy. I'm the new guy. I'm not going to take as many chances. But he, he appeared to take some chances. He ended up getting a breakaway, and I was very shocked. Um, then against the Winnipeg Jets, he actually scored a goal and had an assist. So that just proves to you how much he was, like, engaged right away, getting into the Hawks' new system, different from Tampa's system. Um, it just seems like he's a fit right now for the Blackhawks in a very good way as far as Kachuk. I don't know. I haven't seen too much from him as much as I've seen from Radish in the early stages. Kachuk will probably play on Chicago's fourth line by the time they're good, I would think. Uh, I drafted Taylor Radish in – I play in this league – called udl it stands for ultimate dynasty league joey used to be my partner in it until he absolutely quit on me um, i still get emails <laughs> I, I drafted taylor radish uh i want to say it was like three years ago now or something and so seeing him traded to the blackhawks is actually good news for me because um he's gonna get more ice time there he was buried on tampa i mean who's what line is he playing on in tampa third at max and that's only because of them losing goodrow gord and coleman so, you know, I, I like to see him move on. Taylor Radish is going to have a really good NHL career. I believe he's got a brother, Tyler Radish. Imagine being a mom and naming your kids Taylor and Tyler. That's kind of funny. Talk about confusing. Our mom can't even get our name straight in two completely different names. But, you know, Taylor and Tyler, good players. Um, I'm interested to see what he can do with the Hawks. So, And I, I touched on it. You know, a couple seconds ago, before I let Frankie give his soliloquy on Radish and Kachuk and how they played, Mark Andre Fleury was probably the biggest name traded on actual trade deadline day. He was traded to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a second round pick, and there are some conditions on the second round pick. If the Minnesota Wild make it to the conference final or better, and Fleury wins four of those eight games, then the second round pick becomes a first round pick. Now, that kind of goes back to what I was saying here a little bit. The only way that the Hawks get that pick to become a first-round pick is if the Wild make it to the conference finals, meaning the pick can only be 28, 29, 30, or no, I'm bad at math, 29, 30, 31, or 32. Still really nice, but it's a low first-round pick, which is better than no first-round pick because they don't have one because of the Seth Jones trade unless they win the lottery, but... It's still a good return for Flurry, who was up and out of here after the summer was officially beginning anyway. Um, Frank, I'll start with you on this one. Mark andre Flurry to the Wild. Yeah, it was, I was kind of surprised that he went to the Wild. And uh, I don't know if either of you guys heard this stat, but Mark, or Mark andre Flurry is the first reigning Vezina Trophy winner to be dealt at the next year's deadline. No other reigning Vezina Trophy winner has ever been dealt the year after at the deadline. So I'm assuming he's also cool. the first to be traded twice since winning the Vesna Trophy in his year. Uh, I don't know. I just know the year that the Vesna Trophy won the next year, it, that tr goalie has never been dealt before. So Fleury, yeah. uh, and which makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been traded twice. When he won the Vesna, he no, he got traded from Vegas to Chicago and now Chicago to Minnesota. Yeah, but Frankie's saying like the year that you win the Vesna Trophy. Yeah, no goalie has Vezina ever been dealt the uh, following. No, I know. Fleury won the Vesna and then was traded like three weeks later, is what I'm saying. Last summer. 
Are you confused? Kind of. I'm very confused. Yeah. Mark Andre Fleury is the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, correct? Yes. Vegas traded him to Chicago last June. Okay, Frankie's saying at the deadline. At okay. the deadline. No, I I know that. I'm saying he's probably. I'm the not first saying team. in general, like earlier in the. I'm just saying at yeah, the. Yeah, I mean that's but... probably happened before, man. Oh, okay. The goalie winning the Vesna and then that off season getting traded. Okay, it's okay. never that goalie has never been traded at, as that, a deadline. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah I get it, I get it. But, that, that's sick, actually, for him. But anyway, back to what I was saying about Flurry. I'm I'm kind of surprised that he went to the Wild just because Cam Talbot's been solid, and it's just evident that they weren't high up on Capo Kakinen. Like they didn't want him as a backup going into the playoffs. I mean, that's just clear as day. They ended up trading him. But Cam Talbot's won six in a row, and. Actually, the day that the Wild acquired Flurry, he ended up getting a shutout. He's like, I got to get my shit together. I want to be the number one guy here. But I just don't understand, like, why the Wild would do that. I mean, if you have good goaltending and a guy standing on his head, you're not going to need the backup. If Flurry starts and he's standing on his head, why do you need Cam Talbot? Are you banking on, like, somebody getting injured? And you're like, well, if he gets injured, then I we got a good backup. But... I mean, think about it. If you went in the playoffs with Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen, Talbot's going to start. Like, he's going to be the starter, obviously, through the whole playoffs. So, and he's been solid. So, why are you trying to acquire another goalie and have two solid goalies when you can only play one at a time? It just seems like there are other teams that could have used the goalie at the trade deadline. Vin, you mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs could have used the goalie at the trade deadline. They could have got Flurry. He could have went back to Vegas. Look how much Vegas has been struggling lately. Maybe he goes back to the Penguins. But why the Wild when Talbot's just been so on fire? So I heard that the deal for Marc-Andre Flurry started and materialized rather quickly. The Wild were not in the rumors till the day prior to the trade deadline. It was Edmonton this and Vegas that and Colorado this and Toronto that until the Wild swooped in and got him. And so I, I'll let Joey give his thoughts on the trade as well, but I also will throw this out there. I wonder if it's the Wild playing keep away. The only Eastern Conference team that was in the mix for Flurry was Toronto. But, you know, if Flurry goes to Edmonton or Vegas or Colorado, then the Wild might have to play him again. And they got eliminated by Flurry last year. And so, and I, I also wonder, want to say something else too before you go to Joey. Yeah, but, sure. But I wonder if the Wild just took him and will ride the hot hand into the postseason, knowing that they don't have to face him now. That could very well be the, the case, but that's that's a dumb move then. If you're scared to play against him, I understand. Obviously, Mark Andre Fleury is the better goalie over Cam Talbot, right? And but but why? It just doesn't make sense that you would. Uh, to me, you have Talbot or Fleury, no matter who you're choosing to start in the playoffs, which I assume will be Mark Andre Fleury now. Otherwise, to me, that's a waste of a trade. I think that they're only going to go so far anyway, no matter who their goalie is. To be honest with you. I don't think just because they won or they acquired Mark Andre Fleury, now they're going to win the cup. Like now they're going to win the cup. I think that they could go the same distance they could have with Cam Talbot just because of how solid he's been lately. I've had him on my team the whole year. I've watched him the whole year. I know what he's capable of. This dude, like I said, has won six in a row. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. And I don't think that just because they get Fleury, they're just going to automatically go out and win the cup. I would be shocked. I think they're a wagon. The wild are so good. They are. They're very good. I um, think they could win the cup. Absolutely. They I are. think they could win the cup before Flurry, though. I don't think oh, that just acquiring oh. him 
is just yeah. gonna just automatically give them the cup. But I it'll think look having like if Talbot lights it up the rest of the way too. Now just got a fire lit under his ass. Here's what I think, and I think um, what this does is it creates competition in the locker room between Cam Talbot, Mark Andre Fleury, friendly competition that's good for every team to have. Um, I think it'll make both goalies play better. And here's another reason, Frank. They had I'm looking here. They have Cam Talbot at 3.6 for this year and next year against their cap hit, and Flurry is 3.5 right now against this year's cap hit. So not only now do they have two, and what my opinion is, two elite goaltenders in net to you know give that other guy the rest the rest of the way, you know go with the hot hand, create that competition. But they were able to flip Kakinen over to the San Jose Sharks. And, and acquire a young defenseman who who knows what that kid uh, Jacob Middleton turns into. So I think it was great that they not only were able to get something for Kakinen, a guy they don't need, and now they have two elite goaltenders to compete it out the rest of the way. And having that depth on in the goaltender position is crucial. You never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. So look at Pittsburgh, how many times they won the cup with literally running two goaltenders. So I think it's a fantastic move for the Wild. I think it makes them literally one of the powerhouses in the West even more so. So uh, I think it's great. And the answer to this debate could be in the trade with the condition on the pick. Does the Wild plan on having Flurry get at least four wins in the first two rounds? You know, do they want to make that second round pick a first round pick, or do they like it Talbot get five wins and Flurry get three and route to the conference finals? And now the Hawks' second round pick remains a second round pick, and that pick would be in the late fifties. So um, it's crazy the whole way the thing could turn out. But the Wild will do what they can to win the Cup. I was watching them the other day. They are good. This yeah, he is one of the best players in the NHL. They're getting depth scoring. Ryan Hartman is just another bonehead move by Stan Bowman, you know, trading him for the 30th overall pick. Yeah, how's that player? I think that player turned out to be Nicholas Bodan. Is Nicholas Bodan better than Ryan Hartman? Stan Bowman, you complete clown. But, you know, and I'm not shitting on Nicholas Bodin. He could be a good defenseman one day, but he's never going to be as impactful as Ryan Hartman is to the Minnesota Wild this season. Uh, Joel Erickson, their defense is just amazing. Matt Dumba seems to score every day. Um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch the Wild the rest of the way. I'm looking forward to it. They are one of my, you know, teams that I cheer on besides the Devils. So good on them. Good on the Hawks gaining some assets. Um, we'll get back into the Hawks a little more later because there's something I want to touch on with some of the things they did not do, which is just insane to me. But we're going to get over here. One thing I wanted to touch on before we go to the rest of the trade deadline moves is another trade that happened right before trade deadline or two things that happened right before trade deadline. The first, and by trade deadline, I mean the day of Monday, uh, Claude Giroux. Longtime captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, just played in his 1,000th game, literally the last game he ever played for the Philadelphia Flyers, which is just complete banana lands to me. You play your first 1,000 games with a team, and then they ship you out of town as he is headed to my Florida Panthers. And he's playing there on the first line. He's going to play wing, which not really much of a shocker there. He's been one of the better NHL players, I'm pretty sure, in the 2010s decade. Only Sidney Crosby had more points than Claude Giroux. It might have been Sidney Crosby and Patrick Kane. I know Evgeny Malkin. or No, it was Patrick Kane and then Claude Giroux. Crosby and Malkin were slightly below because they played significantly less games due to injury. 
Claude Giroux is amazing. And, you know, seeing him go to the Panthers is going to be really fun. Um, Joe, I got to ask you, what are your thoughts on Mr. Claude? Yeah, I mean, it makes them a more dangerous team than they already were. Not to say, like, Claude Giroux is the Claude Giroux he was six years ago. But, I mean, he's still, you know, uh, he's still Claude Giroux, and he's still going to, you know, do great things for that team. So it kind of makes me a little nervous knowing that that's in my division. They're one of the top dogs in this division, and it's going to be tough. But, I mean, from a non-biased point of view, I think it's a fantastic move, uh, a a fantastic trade deadline move for the Panthers. And it's one of those moves where when you look at those teams who do end up winning the Cup, you see guys like that that they acquired during the trade deadline. Giroux was fourth for the Hart Trophy as recently as 2018. So, yeah. Frank, your thoughts on this trade? I got to be honest. It's going to be weird to see Giroux in a different jersey since I grew mm-hmm. up watching him in a Flyers jersey for a thousand games. Um, but I think that the Florida Panthers got even stronger than they already were. You had this strong team that was able to get even more strength on their team by adding Drew. I mean, he has 18 goals and 24 assists this year. Imagine with an, what an extra 18 goals is going to do on the Florida Panthers, a team that's already one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Now you add in Claude Drew and 24 assists as well on top of the 18 goals. That's a whole lot of extra goals because assists are in, actually, eventually goals too, in a way. Um, eventually the, those assists get into the net. So that's an extra 42 goals whether he's scoring or somebody else is scoring on the Florida Panthers. I they're, they're dangerous now and they're a little scary. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. It's going to be a good time. Um, another interesting thing that happened, I believe it was the same day. It might even been within 15 minutes of each other. If I recall correctly is Joey's Boston Bruins acquired Hampus Lindholm for, from the Anaheim ducks in exchange for a plethora of picks, Erho Vakaninen and John Moore. Um, Joe, I'll let you get right to it. Hampus Lindholm um, to the Boston Bruins signs an eight-year deal right after. This has got to be one of the bigger moves I've seen the Bruins make as far as a trade in a really long time. Yeah, it definitely More than Taylor Hall because Halsey didn't sign an eight-year deal right away. No, and the good thing for to finish out this year is that I believe 50% of the salary was retained by Anaheim. So they're getting a Hampus Lindholm for the rest of this season at like two mil, which I mean, Hampus Lindholm, like, I don't know. I haven't watched him play as much as I've, you know, obviously watched like my team play, but I've seen enough of Hampus Lindholm to know that they are getting a true bona fide puck moving defenseman. And he's, he's already practicing with Charlie McAvoy. I can't wait for tomorrow. He's probably going to play. He's going to start up on that top pair with McAvoy. And uh, I'm super excited. And, yeah, I've never seen a, a trade deadline move like this to where they literally sign the guy for a max eight-year deal right after at 6.5. So, I mean, they're stacked up on defense for the, for the long term, and let's just hope it works out. I'm very happy about it. Is Hampus Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy the best Bruins pair since Seidenberg Chara? It's, it could be up there. I mean – Obviously, Seidenberg tried. That was like in the prime of, you know, their careers back in 2010, 2011. And that didn't necessarily didn't even stay that long. So, I mean, to see two young guys. How old is Lindholm? I believe he's like 20. I just had it. He's 28. So, I mean, this could easily be a top pair for this team for the next, you know, five, six years. Super excited. And do you think Hampus Lindholm's stay in Anaheim was a little stale knowing that they hadn't been in the playoffs for the last couple of years. And his, some of his prime was starting to feel a little 
wait, not wasted, but like not going to the playoffs is obviously always an issue. I'm wondering if the Bruins will rebirth that for him. Do you think so? Because the Ducks, they're getting there. They will be there soon enough with Zegris and Milano and Terry and all these guys, but it's going to take a minute. Um, the Bruins are ready to win now. Yeah, and and I think he knows that. He knows what he's getting himself into. He knows that like this year is a very realistic window for the Bruins, especially with the way they've been playing. So I do, yeah. I, I'm, I, think he's, uh, I think he's ready to get rolling. There you go. Frank, you got any thoughts on Hampus Lindholm to the Boston Bruins? He's going to strengthen the Bruins' defense a lot, and I think that's what the Bruins were looking for ultimately. Um, he's going to play a lot of crucial minutes. It's hard to say if the Ducks would have traded him if they stayed as hot as they did at the beginning of the year. If they're in a playoff race and they weren't as low in the standings, they might have re-signed him or at least kept him the rest of the year just to push for the playoffs. But since they fell off a cliff, I think it's a great pickup for the Bruins, and it should already strengthen their team, and they've been playing well and can only make them better. There you go. Here's another another thing uh, I wanted to mention when we were talking about Lindholm. The, you look at the past, we'll even say three years, the Bruins playoff series, the, the series that they got eliminated on, even going all the way back to the Stanley Cup against the St. Louis Blues. The number one thing that hurt them was that depth on defense. Tory Krug ended up going out with injury uh, in those early years. Brandon Carlo got a concussion. Matt Grizzly goes down. They got guys like Jake Saboro and Erho Vakanainen in the playoffs. Connor Clifton came up, and he actually made a big impact. He's, he's a guy to stay, but he's not a top guy. He's, he's one of those depth pieces. So now you're adding guys. Now they have hopefully a healthy Derek Forbert going into this playoff, someone they signed last offseason. Everyone is healthy. Matt Grizzick, Brandon Carlo, Mike Riley. Uh, I do believe that uh, he'll lose some ice time with acquiring Lindholm, but then you just add Lindholm, and then you got guys like Connor Clifton still. Like, you need that depth on defense because 100% health is not guaranteed in the playoffs. Like, your guys are going to get hurt, and the Bruins get screwed by that every year, it seems. So I'm happy that this is the year that they addressed uh, the defense. Uh, and a lot of people are mad that they didn't acquire a forward. Let's look at the past five reasons why they got eliminated from the playoffs. It's depth on defense. And – they didn't acquire a forward, but they didn't trade Jake DeBrusque. I don't understand these people who wanted them to trade Jake DeBrusque, but then trade. Is it just like something new making it better for you? Or Jake DeBrusque? It was anybody available to the Bruins that's better than Jake DeBrusque? My answer is no. No, and it, it's definitely uh, you'd have to go through that new feeling out process of getting used to a team. Jake DeBrusque is there. He's comfortable. He's playing on the top line. He's, he's being productive. So. I honestly love that they kept Jake DeBrusque. And not only did they keep him, they signed him two years. I, I thought it was screwed. I thought he was gone the second they signed him. But they ended up sticking around, and now we'll see what happens. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't win the cup. They trade him over the summer. But, hey, maybe if he they win the cup, he gets rejuvenated, wants to be a Bruin longer. Um, Frank, Hampus Lindholm wasn't the only big-time Anaheim Duck traded on tr around the trade deadline. <laughs> They made another big move. They sent longtime Ducks forward Ricard Raquel to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, this is my favorite move of the entire trade deadline, and that's because they trade uh, – I, I like rooting for the Penguins, but I also think this is the move that I could see impacting a new team the most. They talked about how Hampus Lindholm is going to – or not Hampus Lindholm. Ricard Raquel is going to start with Evgeny Malkin. So Crosby has Gensel, Gino has Raquel. And then you fill in the rest elsewhere. And 
I love this move for Pittsburgh. I think they're one of the better teams in the Metropolitan Division. Again, they've had a couple straight first-round exits since winning back-to-back Stanley Cups in 2016 and 2017. So, Frank, I got to ask you, Ricard Raquel to the Pittsburgh Penguins, what do you think? Uh, I love it. I think he's going to be a, a wagon on the Penguins. You know, just five or six years ago, he got over six. I forgot what season it was. I think he got 61 points in a season. It might it was his career best. But ever since then, in this past few years with the Ducks, he's just been like wilting away. He's only 28 years old, too. He's still in his prime. And we all know what he's capable of. So going to the Pittsburgh Penguins, he might be able to get that boost again and have a 50 or 60 point year or even better. You said he's playing on a line with Crosby and Malkin, right? Malkin. He's going to start with Malkin. He's going to start with Malkin. So there you go. That's an even other reason to boost his point total up, right? So I think from being on the Penguins compared to Anaheim, I think the Penguins is a better fit for him. And I think we're going to see his point total skyrocket here um, within this year or next year. So there you go. Um, Crosby gets first crack at whoever he wants. Like I remember when Phil Kessel was first traded to Pittsburgh, it was like, oh, he's going to start with Crosby. But it quickly became clear that he wasn't a good fit with Crosby. He was a better fit with Malkin. And then it turned out to be he was a better fit on the third line with a center that just goes to the front of the net so he could carry the puck more. So he didn't really fit with Crosby or Malkin. But in the case of Ricard Raquel, what made him so successful with those duck teams back in the day was he played on a line with Getzlaff and Perry. And what do Getzlaff and Perry do really well? Carry the puck. So what uh, Ricard Raquel likes to do is go win 50-50 puck battles low in the offensive zone and then get his big ass in front of the net and make good plays with that. And he's got a pretty good shot. And, you know, I, I think the same thing with Hampus Lindholm is kind of the case for Ricard Raquel. The Ducks were deteriorating. We saw the likes of Corey Perry move on and Ryan Kessler retired and Ryan Getzlaff isn't the same player that he once was. Um, they're not, they weren't the the Anaheim Ducks that we knew in the mid 2010s. So Ricard Raquel's points suffered from it because he's not a guy who necessarily drives his own line. Now he's going to a team that have two of the best line drivers who ever lived. And, you know, I like the idea of keeping Gensel with Crosby. They've had immaculate success with each other since the start of the year. And also all of last year and the year before that Ricard Raquel makes the Penguins so good. I can't wait to see him play with Evgeny Malkin. It might be like hockey magic. Yeah, it'll, uh, it, it's reminds me of the way, uh, you know, when they acquired Jeff Carter, like you know, it was just one of those guys who we've seen do it before going to a, a team that we know can do it. So yeah, it'll be, I, I do think uh, Ricard will find Im- immediate success in Pittsburgh, especially playing with those guys, but also the return. I don't know. I stepped away for a second. I don't know if you mentioned it, but the return that Anaheim got for Ricard Raquel, I loved it for that team. Loved it for the Anaheim Ducks. Say it. They got a 2022 second-round pick, Kelly Klang, Dominic Simone, and Zach Ashton-Reese. Those, I, I mean, I don't know who Kelly Klang is, I'll be honest, but we know who Dominic Simone is. We know who Zach Ashton-Reese is. They're both in their mid to late 20s, uh, you know, bona fide NHL players for sure. And I think this Anaheim Ducks team is, is a couple pieces and some development away from being a true elite team. I, I really believe that. And I think by the time they're there, Ricard Raquel might have not been able to provide as much of a return or much to that lineup. So I, I think it's just great for both teams. There you go. Um, Zach Aston Reese, another player I drafted in UDL in the brag. Um, he's like a defensive guy. He'll help Anaheim kill penalties and do all that sort of thing for them, all joking aside in the future. So I'm excited about the trade. Um, Frank, I'll ask you this first. 
Are there any trades? Because we're not going to go through every single trade made at the trade deadline, of course. But otherwise, we'd be here for 10 hours. We'll talk about them, I'm sure, as the season goes along and they make impacts with their new teams, of course. But was there any trade that sticks out to you that's, whoa, I can't believe that that happened besides the ones that we already talked about? Um, I'm kind of like shocked at Giordano going to Toronto, to be honest with you. Um, Toronto yeah, why would he, he's a, what a scumbag move. Like, why would he want to go there? <laughs> Well, did you see what happened with Calgary? Calgary offered a better return, but there are certain rules on expansion, retain, retention of salary. So the Calgary Flames couldn't afford to bring back um, Giordano with retained salary the way that the Leafs were, which seeing him go back to Calgary would honestly be pretty cool. Yeah, it would have been pretty cool. I loved him on Calgary. Um but, you know, Toronto has had the problem of keeping keeping the puck out of the net, and maybe they acquired Giordano to help play defense in front of their goaltenders and help keep the puck out of the net. But um, I thought that was a crazy move when I saw it. I, I had a feeling it was traded. I, I'm pretty sure on your little game we played last week, I said Giordano would be traded. Um, but Toronto, yeah. I mean, we'll see how he does in Toronto. Joe, right? your thought, or do you have a trade that kind of stuck out to you a little bit? Frankie well, there was that. I was the only one who said it was. Oh, huh. There was um, that one three-person trade between the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, and Florida Panthers, and the the main centerpiece of that was obviously the Hurricanes acquiring Max Domi. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool, and it, and that was like one of the last ones. Like I'm pretty sure the trade deadline passed when that one went like official. Like it was this, it was submitted, but. You know, you know how that works. They submit the trade, and then even when the trade deadline passed, you got trades coming through. Like uh, <clears throat> there was one between the Ducks and the uh, and the Knights of Genny Dadanov or Dadanov, Dadanov, however you say it, was acquired by Anaheim, and that was definitely like way after the trade deadline, but it was submitted. So those those were pretty cool to see those late. Um, the why I thought this was cool too. The Wild uh, sending Victor Rask to Seattle for future considerations. Just, I think that Victor Rask trade is a mess for the Minnesota Wild. It's like one of the only bad moves they've made in the last, in the Bill Guerin era. Yeah, but when you look at that, like if you look at that whole trade, like as a whole, like just brutal. <laughs> was it one for one for Nino? Um, yes, it was one for one for Nino Niederreiter, but they wanted to get Nino Niederreiter's money off the books so they can do what they got to do with Kirill Kaprizov. And I would say that that worked out you know, for the rest of them. So hello to you, you, Uncle Joe. Joe. Frankie's glasses do look incredibly nice. Um, No specific compliments for me or Joey, but, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Just just kidding. Uh Um, Um, Go ahead. There was one more thing that that was really funny, this trade deadline, and that's the Nashville Predators. I'll try to find the trade. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, it was a trade with the Leafs. They got Alex Biega, and they sent future considerations to the Leafs, and they thanked future considerations on their social media. <laughs> Just that's so. actually really funny, though. That is really funny. Like, you um, know, they'll post a picture of a player and like thank them. Like they posted a picture and it just said future consideration. They said we thank you. <laughs> that's really funny. Nashville, Nashville's uh, Twitter account is run by Sarah Giles, and she, she used to do the Devils, so she's she's really good with that stuff. Um, the story that stuck out to me or surprised me, the Dodonov trade, Joe, that you brought up, 
Um, I called him Dodonov because you did. I normally call yeah, him Dad. His name is Evgeny Dodonov. I'll find. I anybody. know, but Dadnov is funnier. It's they would, the Panthers would tweet daddy every time he scored. That's always a funny word. I just know because Jack Edwards always says it right. Yeah, well, Jack Edwards, we live and breathe everything Jack Edwards says, right? Whatever he, he says. He, no, he know. makes sure it's right because he asks the players. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't ever guess on a pronunciation. He literally goes and asks the players. Anyway, the NHL had to review that trade because they there was thought that it violated Dad Nob's um, no trade clause. Yeah. So they had to get that whole thing sorted out, which was kind of interesting to me. I actually, did we get a verdict on that even up to this point? Is he a predator by now or not a predator? He is. I believe that uh, it's a, it's official and he is uh the Donov and a second round pick uh, conditional second round pick for 2024 is, was received by the ducks. And then in return, yeah. Vegas got John Moore, who the ducks just got for Hampus Lindholm. There was a flip. Um, and Ryan Kessler's contract. Yeah, which so I think that's a, I think that's a brutal trade for Vegas. Well, he, I mean, he's brutal trade. Been... John Moore sucks. I don't care what anyone says. We'll see how he does in Vegas. But this guy, I mean, maybe that maybe you got to go where the the land of misfit toys in Vegas. Maybe he'll do good. But John Moore is just brutal. I don't, I don't think that's a good trade at all. And we've seen Evgeny Dodonov be successful in Florida. What if he does that in Anaheim? In Ottawa. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely interesting. Um, Joe, I'll start with you on this one. Actually, what team was smart at the trade deadline? Who was the smartest team in your opinion? Um, the first, right when you said that, the first team that came to mind is the Chicago Blackhawks because they they did what they needed to do. They got rid of Flurry. They got a return. They got rid of Hagel. They got a great return. Um, yeah, they could have probably gotten rid of some more things. They got rid of Ryan Carpenter. We didn't even mention that Ryan Carpenter no, for the Flames. Nope. Oh, to the Flames. Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be the Predators, and then that was misinformation. Or like a fourth-round pick or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's official. Well, Brian Carpenter. So the the yeah. Um, so I, I think it was good for them. Like, the Hawks aren't going anywhere. You know, was, I think it was a pretty successful trade deadline to build toward the draft and the future drafts. Um, I think the Bruins did great, obviously. And I think the Leafs did uh, very poor. So. Why? Did they fix? Did they get a goalie? No. Okay. But you claim they lost. That's not the they you, you they claim waived. That's not the reason. They waived Mraz. It, it helps. It would help to have a better goalie. They waived Mrazek. He gets. He clears waivers. And who they get? Mark Giordano, saving grace. Mark Giordano. No, they're hoping the kid goalie is the saving grace. He's been awesome. Um, yeah. Frank, what team was smart? I got two. To be honest with you, I got the Panthers. They got Ben Chirot. Who's going to help them on D? We haven't talked about him, let alone Giroux, who's going to help them in their playoff run. I mean, now this just solidifies that they're a playoff contender. You you boost your offense, you boost your defense, and a team that already was very solid as it is, and they only got better. And another team that we haven't really talked about too much. We mentioned Giordano, but the Seattle Kraken, I think, absolutely won this trade deadline by a mile. I mean, I think they they were under the radar. Not a lot of people are talking about them. Let's let's get this straight. They're an expansion team, and they stink. They stockpiled four 
22 second round picks and three 2023 second round picks. That just though that fits an expansion team. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're getting ready for the future. They dealt Giordano. They did everything right, in my opinion, at their first ever trade deadline. And I think they're huge winners at this trade or at, at the deadline. I think they're huge winners. I like all your picks. Wait, I'm... there there's I was gonna say a team, uh Frank, you you definitely nailed the the Panthers because they also got um Robert Haig. So just uh, just more depth on defense, but I guess I'll give you a, a real answer. A team that I think won the trade deadline from a success from a playoff team point of view, because yeah, I said the Bruins and the and the Hawks, but um the New York Rangers. I don't know if that's who you were going to say, Van. I think the New York Rangers, looking at where they're at in the standings, I think they they added some great pieces to their team. They got yeah, Tyler Mott. They did, but Chesterkin isn't as good as we thought. Why? Because he got shelled in one game against the Devils. In his last five games. He is as good as you thought. I mean, he's sucks. Okay, you, okay. One player goes cold for a, a couple weeks, and Vinny's out on the, out on that. The Rangers got we- cop too. Two weeks ago, listen to Mister Leafs hater over here. Two weeks ago, Vinny was talking about jerseys. He's one of the best. Oh, wait till we get to those fucking jerseys. Anyway, they got Justin Braun, Frank Vitrano, Tyler Mott, um, and then there was one more, just nice depth. Andrew Cop from Winnipeg. I think that was the biggest. Biggest thing that they got. I can't so wait I didn't... to see a nice Ricard Raquel hat trick from the Pittsburgh Penguins sweeping the New York Rangers in the first round of the postseason. You're not going to look at that Rangers team and where they're at in the standings up to this point and say they didn't help their team tremendously by adding a lot of depth pieces. Yep, they're boned. They're going to get killed by Pittsburgh in the playoffs. It's going to be awesome. My winner at the trade deadline, I have two. I agree with all your picks, even the stinky Rangers. Um, I like Florida. I think they're the best team in the league, and I think they only got better. Do I think they're going to win the Cup? I hope so, because that would make my literal preseason prediction correct. Um, I I think they are one of the winners. They added three really good pieces. Um, I like what the Kraken did, but I'm, I'm going to give my nod to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They added the one thing they needed, a winger for Malkin. Jeff Carter's playing well. They got Kasperi Kapanen playing on the third line now, so you got – Crosby, Malkin, Kapanen, Carter, Raquel, Gensel, Christopher Latang's on defense. They got good goaltending in Tristan Jari. I like what Pittsburgh's doing. They also got a defenseman, Nathan Boulier from uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, that, that's a really nice addition too. So my two teams, they're probably two of my five favorite teams right now, I would say. Penguins, Panthers. I, obviously the Wild too. Adding Marc-Andre Fleury, that's really nice for them. Um, yeah. Those are the teams that I'm looking at in terms of smart at the trade deadline. I'm going to ask Joey this first. I, I think I already know his stupid answer. What team was dumb at the trade deadline? What team? The, wa- really the Washington hard? Capitals. Washington Capitals didn't do fucking anything. I, I mean, I don't know. You look at all the all the teams and all the trades that I'm looking at now, the Washington Capitals really did nothing to help their team at this deadline. That is not what I thought you were going to say. Mueller? Uh, I got two. I think the Dallas Stars were pretty dumb. They didn't trade Klingberg. I mean, what do you, are you buyers or sellers? What are you doing? I mean, there's a chance they're going to make the playoffs. I thought they could have done way more. But the probably the team that shocked me the most were the Coyotes. They did nothing. What, you got rid of Wedgwood? You, did, Wedgwood went to the Devils, right? Dallas. No, not the Devils. Dallas? Dallas reunited Dallas. with his buddy, Tyler Sagan. 
you got rid of Wedgwood and Larson and you didn't get rid of Chikrin or Kessel. Or does anybody want Kessel? I don't care who wants him or whatnot, but he's just wilting away on the Coyotes roster. They literally like they're a bad team and they didn't do anything to fix it. I, I just don't understand. They were big losers. Frank, I can't believe you said that. Uh, we've never agreed on anything more in this show, I think. Well, we've had some agreements. We've had some battles. That might be our reuniting point as cousins or end slash <laughs> the fucking Arizona Coyotes. What a shame that team is. They are the biggest group of morans in the entire NHL. They're playing in a stadium next year that has a capacity of 5,000 people. They're playing at a college. I get more people listening to this podcast than are going to go to freaking Coyotes games next year. And that's a fact. I cannot believe what this franchise has become. They're going to be out of Arizona. I used to have the opinion that Austin Matthews was going to go play there after his five-year deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs is up and he's an unrestricted free agent. He'd be an absolute fool to go to that place. What are they doing? They didn't trade anyone. Ooh, they got they got rid of Wedgwood. Who cares? Like you said, Frank, they didn't get rid of Chikrin or Kessel or anyone. They could have stockpiled some second-round picks. Third-round picks, look what Seattle did. Seattle's in a way better position than Arizona. They're bad, and they have no bright future. Like, they could have traded Nick Schmaltz for a haul. They could have got first-round picks for Nick Schmaltz. They could have traded Lawson Krause, who's a pretty good player. I know the Devils had scouts interested in him. That was fed to me by some inside information that the Devils were looking at Krause and, you know, the freaking Coyotes, they just didn't do anything. So they're dumb. A lot of people are mad at the New Jersey Devils for only getting uh, the Hamburglar, but the Devils really didn't have they any assets to trade off. Except <laughs> I knew for they got a goalie. They... Huh? No, I said that's who they got because I knew they got a goalie, the Devils. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't Wedgwood. It was the Hamburglar, okay. Andrew yeah, Hammond yeah. from the Montreal Canadiens. Joey still has nightmares of the clown or the – um, the Hamburglar and his dreams from the time he just absolutely stomped the Bruins in the playoffs. But, I mean, the Devils, unlike the Coyotes, they didn't have any pieces to trade away. They're still building for the futures, and they're not buyers. So I went into the trade deadline basically expecting the Devils to do nothing. None of their guys were on expiring contracts except for Subban, and nobody's taking a $9 million defenseman that is a number five at best. So I, I'm really not surprised the Devils did nothing. So I really don't consider them dumb for the way they handled the trade deadline. The Coyotes have assets to trade away. If the Devils had a Chikrin or a Kessel or, you know, any of these a Schmaltz, Kraus, any of these guys who could fetch me something good for the future, I would be livid that they didn't make these moves. I just can't believe what I'm seeing from the Arizona Coyotes. It's almost like they want to go defunct. It's almost like they want to become the Hartford Whalers or the Houston Oil Kings or, you know, whatever the hell we're going to call the next team in the NHL. Then, you know, I almost said the Nashville, but that's baseball. And Vegas has a team in hockey, too. I'm trying to think of what team or what cities in North America could use a hockey team. I've heard Toronto wants a second team. Um, Chicago having a second team would be sick. They'd be my favorite team besides the Devils. It'd be awesome. Um, you know, just the Coyotes, man. Get it together. Get the hell out of here. Like, for real. Become a better team. I'm just disgusted with the Arizona Coyotes. They make the NHL look bad. Then he's disgusted. You don't want me disgusted at you. I'm just telling you. I'll go on a rant on your ass. I'll own you. And I own the Arizona Coyotes. They're trash. They're a badly ran organization. So, Joe, who's in the middle? Who was dumb and smart? For the deadline the as a team? The trade deadline. Dumb and smart. Um. I mean, dumb and smart, I guess you can see you can say the Leafs. 
I think that they, I think there was some stuff that they, you know, really could have needed on their lineup, but yeah, I guess, uh, I guess acquiring some depth on defense and Mark Giordano, you're getting some bona fide leadership for sure in that locker room, which we all all know they can use someone to keep Matthews fucking stick on a leash. Um, And then, uh, but I don't know. I I just feel like there's a couple pieces, especially uh, on that defense that they could have probably done better. Like I think there, there was better out there than Mark Giordano. So I don't know. Uh, I would say them. I think the Flyers, uh, you know, being able to get rid of Giroux and get uh, get a nice return on him. So I would say that was dumb and smart. But I the I can't get over the lack of moves from the Washington Capitals. And I was just looking; they're very pushed up against the cap. And yeah, they got Marcus Johansson back, who we saw play there. Did, did he win the cup there in nineteen? Yes. No. No. No shot. He did not win the cup there. Well, no. I mean, I remember him being. I remember him being pretty successful when he was on the Washington Capitals. And, you know, he's kind of stuck in Seattle, but hasn't everybody. So it was, it's cool to see him go back there. But I don't know. You look at the, the Capitals and where they're at in the standings. They're three points behind the Bruins with two more games played. Yeah, they got a nice lead on, on that that last wild card spot. I think they're they're at 80 points. And then the, the Chasers are 67 points. So they're, they're going to make the playoffs. But, I mean, are the Washington Capitals, do they have that lineup that can – can do what we've seen them do in the past. I don't. I don't think so. And they really didn't help with that much. If the Leafs played the Capitals in a playoff series, who would you pick? The Capitals. <laughs> you can't. You are the East. Just to me, it feels like seven teams plus the one that's going to make it because they have to, and that one that's going to make it because they have to is Washington. It's all about Ovi breaking Gretzky's record at this point. It seems for them. Um, I would pick the Leafs in that series. Frank, who was dumb and smart? Who's in the middle? I would say the middle ground team were probably the Blackhawks. Um, I like what they got for Hagel. I like what they got for Flurry. I'm just surprised like they didn't move Kubalik. He was like the one that I was first certain they were going to move. Uh, Kelvin DeHaan's another name who could have been out of there. Um, they got rid of Carpenter for a fifth round 2024 draft pick to the Calgary Flames. I wouldn't say they were dumb because I do think that they got a lot of returns. They, I mean, I, like I said, I love the picks that they got for Hagel. Their second for Flurry could become a first, so they weren't really a dumb team. I just thought DeHaan and Kubalik were going to be moved, but maybe they're trying to tell us something, that they're going to be part of the future. Um, that's the third dumb, smart, and in the middle that me and Frankie have agreed on. We agreed on the Panthers, the Coyotes, and my answer is the Chicago Blackhawks as well. I thought they were very smart the way they handled Marc-Andre Flurry, Brandon Hagel. Um, and Carpenter for that matter. He's about a fourth round pick worthy. Um, I think it was incredibly dumb not to explore more trades. Calvin DeHaan is not going to stick around and be part of a rebuilding team. Um, Kubalik is, he needs a change of scenery. Someone like the Leafs, I think could really use a guy like Kubalik or even Washington or Pittsburgh. Um, he, the Bruins could really use Kubalik too. He'd fit in well on their third line, but you know, they didn't do it. Um, there were rumors about to bring it and Kane. And nobody wants to hear it, but you know when Debrinket's making ten mil, and the Hawks can't afford to rebuild because they have a twenty-five-year-old scoring forty, making ten mil, it's going to be tough. And so I, I would have ventured on all, even the thought of trading them didn't seem to happen on trade deadline. Uh, Emily Kaplan, who I'm working on as a guest for this show, she kind of nixed the Patrick Kane rumors early in the day, but the the New York Rangers and the. Uh, Colorado Avalanche confirmed reached out to the Blackhawks to see the status of Kane. And, you know, he has to wave a no move clause, which makes things tough. But to me, the good asset management would be rebuilding the team the right way. So that's how I have the 
middle ground team. It's the Blackhawks. They made some good moves, but to me, they didn't do enough. So they're right there in the middle. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. I thought I thought they had a pretty good trade deadline. Again, like, yeah, they're not going to trade deadline. Absolutely. For yeah. them. I, didn't, I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect them to have a full off season like fire sale. I think that would be smart. If a team like the New York Rangers offers you three first round picks, Capo Caco and Keandre Miller for Patrick Kane, I think you'd do it easily. easily. I, I wouldn't. I'm not just saying that first round pick. either. I, I just think it would be stupid. Three first he, round picks, Capo Caco and Keandre Miller. I think he could easily build around him. You can't build around a 33 year old. I think you could absolutely build around him. He's still producing. He's not having an off year, as people are saying. You could no, easily he's not build having around. an off year. You could easily build around this guy. And it's clear that he wants to stay with the Blackhawks. Joe, would you trade three first round picks? Or would you take three first round picks, Capo Caco and Keandre Miller for Patrick Kane? I would, yeah. Uh, I think I would too, and you know, I don't. Well, know I don't think that was like. I don't know if it was that even like confirmed like a thing. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I think Kyle Davidson would too. I'm not sure the Rangers ever made an offer that extravagant. Otherwise, I think he would have been moved. So we'll see what happens. But like the reason I don't think they'll get that much over the summer, because now you wasted this playoff run. Of Kane's contract. Now all you have is next year instead of all of next year and this year, which decreases some of his value. To me, it's about asset management with rebuilding. Was it fun for the White Sox to trade Chris Sale in the middle of his prime? Absolutely not. But six years later, having Yoan Moncada and Michael Kopech in the lineup, it's nice. So we'll see what happens on that front. I have them in the middle. Joe, were there any trade deadline stories that we didn't talk about that you liked? Trade deadline stories? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll talk about uh, what I mentioned earlier with um, Tyler Sagan and Scott Wedgwood. They grew up together. They're like best childhood, some of the best friends. Uh, there was They posted pictures. If you just go to the Dallas Stars Twitter, I think it was, they were showing pictures of them playing, like, you know, minor league hockey together. And they went to prom together. Like they're literally childhood friends. And to see them reunited playing on the same ice, that's pretty cool. There was a picture of them right. at practice together. Not so much story. There were 33 trades and a total of 54 players that were moved. But to be honest with you, I kind of wanted a more memorable trade deadline. If you ask me five years from now what happened at this deadline, I'll be like, oh, Giroux was traded and Flurry was traded. But eh, it's it's forgettable. I want a trade deadline that I could remember. Last year's was better and so was the year before. So I was just disappointed. It's not much of a story. I just wanted more. From every from all thirty two teams, Beans like here's my story. It fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean it did. I mean, no, it wasn't great. It didn't suck. There was stuff to talk about, and I mean we're an hour. Five and years from now, I'll remember why Hampus Lindholm's on the Bruins currently in year five of his eight year deal. No, it was an okay trade deadline. It wasn't terrible, though. Last year's MLB trade deadline was incredible. It was probably the best MLB trade deadline of all time. And the NFL trades of this offseason are really kind of making it one of the greatest NFL offseasons of all time. Tyreek Hill was traded today, and that was like the eighth superstar to be traded in the last three weeks. Joe, you heard about Tyreek Hill? Mm -mm. Tyreek Hill was traded to the Miami Dolphins. Nice. So, you know, the NFL, the NFL and MLB, what do you say? He doesn't give a shit. 
No, I didn't does. say that. Frankie, Frankie said that. No, Frankie cares. Or Joey cares. You like Tyreek Hill, no? Yeah. I know you hate the Chiefs. The Chiefs got worse today. You should like that. The Chiefs are, yeah. They're going to. The Chiefs got worse on. today by a lot. It's going to make Kelsey more. Probably, I don't know. I I'll think probably I'll, have the same take on the Chiefs as I did last year. They'll be good, but they ain't winning shit. You're out of your mind. Um, my extra trade deadline story was I was watching trade deadline coverage on ESPN this year, and I thought Kevin Weeks, Emily Kaplan, John Tortorella, John Bucigras, and Arda O'Kell all did an outstanding job on that broadcast. I enjoy each of every one of them, except for uh, John Tortorella. Fuck that guy. But um, it was interesting to watch, and they did a little story on a couple trades that weren't. And by trades that weren't, it were trades that were on the table, and for whatever reason got thrown out into the trash at the last second. And in 2008, the Montreal Canadiens really wanted to have Vinny LeCavier on their team. They thought adding Vinny LeCavier, who was in his prime on the Tampa Bay Lightning. You remember Vinny, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Vinny LeCavier was a real good player. Didn't he play with the Flyers and the Kings, too, a little bit? He was at the height of his powers. He played with the, the Flyers, yeah. Yeah, he was at the height of his powers with the Toronto or the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm pretty sure St. Louis was his teammate. Um, Brad Richards had to be on the Lightning at that time. Uh, really good team. They offered, the Montreal Canadiens offered all prospects, P.K. Subban, Max Pacioretty, and Carey Price in exchange for Vinny LeCavier. If that trade would have gone down, Tampa Bay would not have waited to 2020 to win the Stanley Cup because they already had Stamkos in the mix. Kucherov was a third-round pick. They were getting him anyway. Uh, I, I think if Tampa Bay makes that trade all those years back and they have Price on their team and Pacioretty and Subban, they probably win a cup earlier. And maybe they're not as good as they are right now right now, but very interesting trade that wasn't. What do you think? Yeah, that was kind of like, that's like, how does that even go through? I, I don't even, why would they make that trade? They were prospects. They didn't know. It would that's be like one of those, the, it would be one of those like trades that would. Hawks, it would be like if the Hawks right now traded Kirby Reichel, or not, Lucas Reichel, Ian Mitchell, and Drew Camesso for, I don't know, who's a good player at the height of their power? Uh, Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel. They make that trade back in November. And 10 years from now, we see Ian Mitchell, Lucas Reichel, and Drew Camesso as like the catalysts of these great Blackhawk teams. And it's like, oh, that trade almost happened. Like, it's it's yeah, like as if that happened. It sounds like an episode of What If. Like, we should go see. Like, they should make an episode of What If out of this trade. It does, but it's real. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? When I saw that, I was like, they consider trading who? Oh, they were prospects. That would have changed the entire league for a long time. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of stories like that that you don't know about. Like, there's probably been stories of GMs about to make a trade and they fucking hang up on each other. And this trade would have completely changed the way the NHL is today in terms of who's on what team. So it's like, I'm sure that happens a lot. Yeah, no, they went over like three or four trades in this little segment, but the one that stuck out to me, sending Subban, Price, and Pacioretty, who were – Subban, Price, and Pacioretty were the core of some really good Canadians teams in the mid-2010s, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
that's a lot of fun. I enjoyed the trade trade deadline, maybe not as much as Frankie and Joey did, but hey, some teams are looking I, good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. My team got better. That's all I asked for at every trade deadline. All right, there you go. And you know, the rest of the National Hockey League is going to get ready for the stretch run here. Oh, really quick before we go, Martin St. Louis told the media he thinks there should be no games on trade deadline day. Agree or disagree, Joe? Big agree, and I was I'm, I was going to bring that up, and I forgot, and I'm so happy you just did. I completely agree with Martin St. Louis. I mean, listen to the guy who played in the league, who probably you know has dealt with his team being involved actively at the trade deadline. Like, don't make these guys play because then it just causes confusion on who's out, who's going to be able to play that day. Uh, it's a lot of stress on the, the the coaching staff and the players who are in that locker room. Okay, is this guy going? Uh, are we going to scratch this guy? What's going on here? Like, I agree completely. Don't play on trade deadline day. Frank? I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent. If you want to play on trade deadline day, go for it. <laughs> Frank, Frank, he's like, I'm not on the team. I don't he's give like, a shit. I'm making bets no matter what. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to trade a guy, trade a guy. Play if you want to play. More if there's hockey, hockey, I'll bet on it. If there's no <laughs> hockey, I'll bet on tennis. <laughs> Uh, what's her name? Retired? Oh, Ash Barty. Yeah, twenty-five years old. I am shocked. People younger than me retiring. She's probably. When do I get to retire? She is an incredibly good women's tennis player. I know. She's actually the first woman in the open era for women who won her first three major final appearances. So when she made it to a major final, she won her first three. Her record is just outstanding, her career record. I was shocked that she retired. Yeah, so was I. Uh, I couldn't remember her name because I'm not the biggest tennis fan in the world, but I like tennis a lot. I like watching it. I want to get more into tennis. Maybe we'll start a a podcast here where we talk about sports that aren't one of the big four. That'd be fun. Um, So we can talk about his boy, Isner. Rest of the NHL season coming up on deck in period number Welcome to Period 2, brought to you by the Barroom Network. We're going to talk about our favorite hockey teams, my favorite teams, the New Jersey Devils, Joey's favorite teams, the Boston Bruins, Frankie's favorite teams, the Chicago Blackhawks. If you have a favorite hockey team that is not one of the three teams that I just named, put it in the comments and we will address your favorite team in just a few moments. Frank, post-deadline Blackhawks, go. Well, I've been mentally preparing myself for this rebuild um, really since the second half of the season and since the disappointing how disappointing the Blackhawks have been this season. Just kind of tone it down a bit. Now I'm just simply watching to see these young guys play, right? And tonight against Anaheim is the first their first official game after the trade deadline. I mean, we saw Radish and Kachuk before the trade deadline officially ended play, but now it's like this is the first game tonight against the Anaheim Ducks after the trade deadline. We're going to see some of the young guns play and develop in the National Hockey League. Um they go on a three-game Western road trip. They're in Anaheim tonight. They play L.A. tomorrow, and then they play the Kings – or no, they play the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday at 2 p.m. But, yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, watching these young guys. And we talked about it earlier, and I was going to talk about it now, but I could kind of touch up. Radish looked great against the Winnipeg Jets. He had one goal, one assist. I he's It seems like he's got a lot of energy. I've only watched him for these two games, but just the two games I saw, saw him in this small sample size, this guy's got a lot of energy, and, and I like what I've seen so far. I can't wait to see what Kachuk brings to the table. Uh, Alex Vlasic's in the lineup. Um, he's a young defenseman that I'm 
can you know I'm gonna enjoy watching. It's it's just all about the wind down now because they're not going anywhere this year. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is their goaltending because they got rid of Flurry. I'm not really that high up on Lincoln, and in my opinion, you got no goaltending, you got no chance. So I'm kind of worried about that for the years to come and seeing how they're gonna develop and when Drew Cremeso is gonna end up playing for the Hawks or what the deal is there. They need goaltending. It's simple as that, in my opinion, and. Yeah, I mean, that's what I got for you on the Hawks. I'm assuming uh, Colin Delia is going to be the expected backup moving forward. No, it's going to be Soderblom. Oh. Correct. Soderblom started a game I was at this year against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that, and that's why I'm worried because Soderblom, I mean, what I've seen from him, I'm, I'm not a giant fan of him so far, and I'm not a giant fan of Lankinen, and they really need to figure out what's going on in their goaltending uh, right now. And I just – I don't know when Camesso is going to be ready because I'm really high up on Camesso. I think he's going to be the next stud. He could be the next Corey Crawford, in my opinion. I just don't know how long it's going to take for him to get here. But until then, I'm a little worried. I would like to see the Hawks give Drew Camesso plenty of time to develop unless they could draft a better goalie. If they draft a goalie in the first round, like one of the top ones this year or next year, who's just clearly better than Camesso, then you could use Camesso as trade bait. Or as a backup, you know, it's never bad to have too many goalies. We saw how nice it was to have Scott Darling and Antti Ranta. And, you know, you can make trades with those guys and get assets for them. Um, For right now, I would try and sign a big two-year stopgap for the next two years because the Hawks are going to suck the rest of this year, and they're going to suck for all of next year too. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, This year's draft is very good. I hope they don't win the lottery this year. All Blackhawks fans should also hope that they don't win the lottery this year because they're going to be worse next year than they are this year. And Bedard is probably better than Shane Wright. And and depending on how deep that draft class. That too. that, That is into it too. Bedard and Wright are both granted exceptional status by Hockey Canada. So there is debate on who is better between the two. But if you win the draft lottery this year, then that pick goes to Columbus next year, no matter what. And the second overall pick next year is worlds better than the second overall pick this year. Uh, Mitchkoff might go number one over every last five first overall picks besides Hughes. He's probably a higher a higher touted prospect than Heesher, and Heesher is going to have 60-something points this season. And he'll be in the mid-70s to 80s next season. Like He's a good player, but Mitchkov is like unreal. He'll, he'll do the Michigan in his career. He's one of those. He's like Svechnikov. You know, he's one of those with the hands. And then Bedard is just like, you know, I'm not going to call him McDavid, but it's similar skill sets like with the hands and the speed and all that kind of stuff. So I saw a video of the, uh, Bedard like literally yesterday. Like yeah, it was like a it was like a play that he, he didn't end up scoring, but it's like one of those like what if he scored that that would have broke the internet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So the Blackhawks need to be all in on the draft next year. I would get rid of everyone. I would rebuild it the right way. You saw how it worked for them in the past. You saw how well it worked for the Bulls. Uh, not so the Bulls got helped by some nice free agent signings, but you saw how well it worked for the White Sox. You saw how well it worked for the Cubs. I I would get rid of everyone. See ya. Let's build through the draft. You know, the Lucas Reichel, Kirby Doc, unless you could get something nice for Kirby Doc. Um, you know, Seth Jones is going to be there. They're not getting rid of Seth Jones. He's signed. Nobody's going to take that contract even. So you might as well try to win with him later. But, you know, I, I, I like as far as the goaltending, what I was getting at here is when I brought up that they're going to suck this year and next year, sign a stopgap, sign Braden Holpe. 
let Drew Camesso develop unless you draft a better goalie. Sign Yaroslav Halak. Give up a million goals next year. Who cares? You know, build this thing the right way. That's what I think about them, Joe. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, it'll, it's easier said than done because yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy to move some of those, you know, big cap hits. But I agree. So we'll see if they do it. We'll see the route they take. Um, yeah. There you go. Um, so the New Jersey Devils, they did nothing. They added Andrew Hammond. They added um, that Hamburglar fuck. The, ham, the Hamburglar. What did you call him? The Cheeseburger fuck? Yeah, something like that. Is so we got dummy? mad at Andrew Hammond for eliminating the Bruins in the 2017 playoffs. Called him a Cheeseburger fuck, even though now Joey all of a sudden likes Curtis Lazar, who was like the guy who scored the overtime winner in that game, I believe, wasn't he? Or no. It was Clark Mike Ryder. It was Clark McCarthy. Clark McCarthy, I remember that. Um, Curtis Lazar came from Buffalo. Yeah, but he was on that Senators team, I believe. Was he? Mark believe. Mike Riley came from Ottawa. Are you sure that's how you're thinking of? No. Both of last year's trade deadline acquisition? No. I'm 99.9% sure Curtis Lazar at one point in his career played for the Ottawa Senators, and I'm pretty sure it was at that time with Eric Carlson, Mark Stone, uh, the Hamburglar. I think Craig Anderson was also still there. Um, they had some good players there, but you know, Hammond's not going to be that guy with the devils anymore this year. He's basically there to give Nico Dawes some breaks, uh, PK Subban. They could try and re-sign him after the season. We'll see if it happens. I I've heard through the grapevine that they have no intention of doing so, which I'm okay with. They didn't give up much to get Subban. They gave up Steven Santini who never cracked the Nashville predators lineup more than like six times since. And the second round picks are the second round picks that happen sometimes, but you know, you build through the draft they have, I think, the world of Nico Heashier and Jack Hughes. Like, these guys. Heashier is on Jack pace. Jack Hughes. on pace for 67 points, and that's as, like, a 23-year-old two-way forward. And Jack Hughes is on pace for, like, 100 points, literally. He and just he got his career 100th point already. I know. And, you know, the start of his career was weird. He's had three coaches so far. Uh two waves of a pandemic that caused multiple games to be missed for a while. Um, once things really started to get normal this year on February 1st, Heesher and Hughes are the devil's two leading scorers. And I'm pretty sure they're both two top 30 scorers in the NHL since then. You add in a guy like Jesper Bratt, who's just been consistent all season long. He's going to end with more than 70 points. He's at 62 already. Um, this is a nice core that's being built. Dawson Mercer scored his 16th of the season yesterday. Yegor Sharangovich scored his 16th of the season yesterday. Um, they have guys like Luke Hughes in the mix ready. You know, he was the best freshman in college hockey this season. He was one of the best players overall. He's top 10 for Hobie Baker. We'll see how high up the top he reaches for that. Like Owen Power went first overall. He wasn't even nominated for the Hobie Baker award, and he's a sophomore. So – you know, things are looking up for the Devils. They need goaltending. I'm not sure Nico Dawes is ceiling. He was their fourth string goalie to start the season. And now here he is making regular starts and beating Igor Shesterkin in games. I think the world of the future for the Devils, so many people online are just disgusted with the Devils, and I don't get it. They are building a nice core. Jack Hughes might be a top five NHL player by this time next year in all three of our minds. Listen to this. Jack Hughes is only 
he's only 0.09 points per game behind Taylor Hall the year he won his Hart Trophy with the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Jack Hughes is fucking sick. Last night, I don't. I, I'm sure you saw the fucking saw it. The, wrote about it. Check on my Twitter at The tweet's going up in like three seconds. This kid is sick, and you know you should be very excited for for that core that they are building. So, oh, I am. yeah, they suck now, but hopefully this is the last time that they suck now because we were saying that before they got Nico, then they got Nico, still was a little slow, then they signed signed PK, didn't do anything. Now they got Dougie, now they got Jack, now it's time to stop fucking around and become a good team. Let me ask you something. When Sasha Barkov was the second overall pick to the Florida Panthers in 2013, did he become a superstar right away? Or was it not until the last two or three years that you really started to hear about him as one of the best players in the NHL? Yeah. I literally think Nico's career, I'm not sure he'll ever be as good as Barkov because Barkov, he's like a future Hall of Fame type of guy. But like, he sure might be. They have I'm the not saying story. anything bad about Nico. I'm just no, saying like, I'm, I can't I'm believe. I'm this shit to the Nico haters. There yeah, are, yeah. which there are many. There are people who have me blocked on Twitter for how much I talk about he should. Which is just crazy. He's the first over. He's their captain. Like you need a guy like that. Like anyone, just start comparing him to Patrice Bergeron. They score at similar rates. He scored his. He's got seventeen goals, and he's only played in like fifty something games. COVID. He he missed a lot of time with COVID. Yeah. It's, not, it's also mean, not easy being on it. Like they are a shit team all around. Like yeah, they got some very very bright spots, but for the most of the season, like when those guys have been playing, they've been on some pretty. It been in some pretty unfortunate situations. You are one million percent correct. And since February first, he sure and Hughes, and that's when the COVID really started to started to stop, right around the All Star break. Um, you might remember Hughes missed the first three games following the All Star break because he caught COVID in Vegas, and then the rest of the way, those two guys have just been unstoppable. So, Frank, what do you got on the Devils? They're in the Hawks boat when it comes to goaltending. All their goalies that they've had this year have over three goals against. And at the trade deadline, they got Andrew Hammond, and I don't think he's going to really help out the Devils um, that much at all. I think that that should be their number one focus right now. I thought they could have made a few more moves at the deadline to help them out in that category, but they didn't. And I don't – if you want them to get to that elite point that you say that you think they're going to be at, maybe somewhere here in the near future, they got to, got to, got to focus on goaltending. That should be their number one priority right now because they're not going to be that winning franchise with what they have in their system. Maybe Nico Dawes could be that guy. But other than that, if he's not, they have nobody else to look to. And definitely Andrew Hammond's not going to be that guy. I completely agree with that. They're going to be a good team soon, I think. Um, You never know what kind of goalie they luck into, of course. I think that's... uh, something that happens from time to time. You luck into, you know, a really good goalie. But once they get that, I think there's a good chance that they they really start to turn the corner as a franchise. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins aren't getting any younger. The Washington Capitals aren't getting any younger. Um, the Bruins aren't getting any younger. Um, sorry to say, the New York Rangers – all their top guys are their old guys. The young guys don't do anything. 
Lafreniere was benched in the second half of the second period and all of the third period yesterday. Meanwhile, Hughes and Heashier each had two points each. So that's just kind of where I'm at on the Devils. I would say all of the young guys. Adam Fox is pretty young. Oh yeah, I guess what I what I really mean by that is they're like top two overall picks. Like yeah. Kako and Lafreniere have less points combined than Heashier, or less points combined than Hughes. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Devils going forward. And so that brings me to period number. Just kidding. Yeah, all right. There's one team. There's the most exciting team on the block that we have. I don't know about that. I bet the Devils have a higher goals per game this season than the Bruins. The Devils score a shit the ton of score goals. A lot. Doesn't they mean anything. Score. You don't have a guy who can keep it out of your own. I, I never once said they're a better team. I never once said they're a better team. Hell no, I'm not dumb. But they have more goals per game than the Rangers. They showed a graphic yesterday. The Devils' offense is significantly better than the New York Rangers. But the Rangers keep the puck out of the net, and the Devils don't. So that's where it's at. We will get to Joey's Boston Bruins. Joe, the floor is yours, my king. Yeah, so we already talked about, you know, the contract of DeBrusque, the two-year extension. He did not get traded. Um, we talked about Lindholm, but we also didn't talk about another depth piece, and they got Josh Brown from the Ottawa Senators. Then I don't know if you saw who they sent away. Zach Sinishin is no longer on the Bruins or in the organization, and that is the first piece gone from their triple picks in 2015. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting, kind of sad that he never uh, developed into an NHL player with the Bruins, but we move forward. Josh Brown, and they also got a seventh-round pick, and there was a fifth-round pick in there. Some some late picks involved in that as well, but uh, like I said, depth on de- depth on defense is uh, is going to be key. Um, but looking at the Bruins as a whole, I was just looking at their their practice lines from today. The first day of uh, Hampus Lindholm in a Bruins jersey, playing paired with McAvoy. Listen to this defense, man. You got Lindholm and McAvoy, um, Grizzlick and Carlo, and then you got Derek Forbert, who has been awesome defensively. Like you could say what you want about Derek Forbert and his offensive numbers over his NHL career, but he is just one of those guys, kind of like Kevin Miller. I wouldn't say he's as good defensively as Kevin Miller because I think the world of Kevin Miller. But Derek Forbert's one of those guys you want on your back end who, yeah, he's not going to score for you, but he's you can be comfortable with him on the ice in a late game when the other team has got the, the goalie pulled or whatever. And then Connor Clifton on that right side is what I think it'll be, but Mike Riley's getting some reps as well. And then Jeremy Swayman, Linus Allmark, one of the best, most exciting duos in the league right now. And then uh, – their their top line. Hopefully everyone's healthy. Bergeron is uh, it's looking like he's going to play tomorrow, but he is dealing with you know he missed the past two games. Uh, I, I forget what the game that he went out was. I think it was was it the Arizona game or the Chicago game that he last played. I don't remember, but hopefully Bergeron's healthy, playing with DeBrusque and Marchand. And then a lot of people are saying they didn't get a second line center. It's going to take a miracle for David Krejci to come back. I would I'm kind of out on David Krejci coming back. He's He's not coming back this year. I, I thought at the beginning of the season it was possible, but he's not. Uh, so it's we're going to have to look at Eric Hall being that second-line center with Taylor Hall and David Pasternak because you mentioned the, someone earlier we were talking about, someone who would have fit well on the Bruins' third line. I completely disagree. I think the Bruins have one of the best third lines in the league. They're scoring at a, a top-six line, and that's I call it the 11-12-13 line because it's Trent Frederick, Craig Smith, and Charlie Coyle numerically lined up as the 11, 12, 13 line. And I think they've been playing great. So uh, honestly, it's just an exciting time to, to move forward and climb these standings as a Bruins fan. There's also a picture I want to show you guys. Uh, this just came out today. 
you know, if anyone is able to get their hands on some, oh, I can't share it. It's a picture. Brad Martian came out with a cereal. You remember Keith Crunch? How Duncan Keith has the cereal. Yeah. I, I, it's, not, it's not letting me share it. And I'm very, very sad about that. Hopefully we can get on the screen. But it's called March, March Munch or something like that. Why wouldn't they call it Marshmallows? I don't think there's, there's Marshmallows. I don't know. Yeah. It's not letting me uh, share my screen. I think I'd have to reboot, reboot my browser for some reason. But hopefully we can get that on the screen here soon. Um, March Munch. It's a cereal. It looks like a cinnamon toast crunch. And I, I want a box. I think I'm going to try to order a box on eBay or something because, like, that's one of those things like you want on your shelf forever. So. <laughs> March Munch is the Boston Bruins analysis you don't hear on Nesson. You don't hear on New England Sports Radio. You don't hear on Sports Center. You hear it right here on Bar Down Talking Hockey. Uh, Frank Bruins. Um, yeah, you know. This is the time that the Bruins are going to be good. They're in the midst of their franchise where this is the time for them to win, and they proved at the trade deadline that they added some pieces to do that. I love the DeBrusque re-signing, re-signing with the Bruins. That To me, that's a huge p- part of the Bruins' success lately. I mean, he has been producing a lot more than probably people think he should. Um, he's overplaying to his abilities right now, and I think re-signing him is just great for the franchise. Like you said, Joe, because he's used to the system. he's He's been playing with the Bruins. You know what to expect from him. It's just a great addition. And the Hampus Lindholm coming in, it's going to strengthen the Bruins' defense. Even though the Bruins don't really have problems keeping the puck out of the net, it's like they play a lot of low-scoring games, and the crucial minutes that Lindholm's going to play is just is just a recipe for success. So I think this is the Bruins' time to win. Is Right now, they're in a period of time where winning should come sooner rather than later. So... We'll see what happens for them going forward. I like the Bruins a lot. Um, they have a good makeup of forwards. Could they use like a top second line center? Sure. Like, I remember when the Hawks signed Brad Richards in the back nine of his career. It'd be nice if the Bruins could get someone like that, you know? But like, also at the same time, I'm not sure like that's necessary. Like, Hall is good. Hollow's a really good player, and I really like their defense. And they're getting good goaltending as of right now from, you know, Swayman and Allmark. Um, All I got to say about the Bruins before Joey shows the world the picture of March Crunch or whatever the hell it's called, the (laughs) Bruins just better win now because your New Jersey Devils and me are coming for you. You're going to get a piece of that action on March 31st. You're going to see what it's like to face off against this Bruins team uh, or against this Devils team. They're not the same Devils you played back in December when everybody sucked. Uh, You'll see an actual somewhat competent goalie. And you're going to be screwed for the next 10 years. And all those years where you rooted for the better team, those are coming to an end. And so you might as well just enjoy it for this year and next year because the Devils are going to make you cry. And when the Bruins play the Devils, you're going to wake up and hope that I didn't. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, you're screwed on March 31st, and I'm so excited about it. Yeah, right, March 31st. On March 31st, the Devils are going to whoop the Bruins. Is that is there? Do we have a show? Yeah, that's uh, isn't that next Thursday there's a or next show Friday? That day, I believe. Or no, it's a Thursday. So there's yeah. 
we have a show the day before, the 30th. So there will be Crosstown Crosstalk that day, which is exciting. Baseball's coming up soon. But, Joey, I, I feel as a Devils fan the way I felt as a White Sox fan in, like, 2019. I'm like, I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to be so annoying to you in three years. In three years, I'm going to be one of those annoying fans whose team is sick. I'm telling you that about the Devils. Tough, tough for Joey when the Devils are good because when they play the Bruins, mm, you're in trouble. Um, I'm not worried one bit about the New Jersey Devils. Um, the Bruins can keep the puck out of their net, Maybe. so I'm not. Um, there's another like I want a box of this. No, that's not that's not it. That's an old. Uh, that's old. <laughs> it looks that's like he's like, twelve. Yeah. Okay. We gotta. We gotta find. I, I have it. Um... Oh, is that fresh out of middle school or what? That's actually really funny. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that's like that's, that's like, like the box kinda... we all stuck our little league photo in when we were little. Here's the picture <laughs> I wanted to show. Look at look at this for, guy. For those for those listening to the audio version that Joey just disregards completely while we record this show, it's a picture of Brad Marshan eating some marsh munch with some cereal or with some milk. And I I wonder if Brad pours the milk or the cereal first. Come on. Don't be dumb. He kind of seems like a milk first guy. That bowl is dry right now. <laughs> no, there is not no milk. That milk. That's not no a good milk endorsement. Is missing for from that jug. Oh, yeah. That's not a good endorsement. And there's no Bruins logo on Brad Marshan in the picture on the cereal. He's got a big 63 on his jersey. Drake, the the milk thing is white. That's why. Yeah, because it's all. You milk. think they wasted well, milk no. on that? You're out of they your mind. They did. Look at this picture. I got a different picture. There's here. no shot. There's milk in that bowl. Yeah, look at this picture. I have a different picture. Hold well, on. At least we know Brad pours the cereal first. Look at there there's milk. milk there's milk dripping from the spoon. Okay, yeah, maybe we do got some milk confirmation. Okay, okay. Yeah, there, that's a different picture. There's nothing in the bowl though. I, that's what I was going to say. He ate it all. What are you talking about? He ate it all. There's nothing in the bowl. Blue. There's nothing in the bowl. You guys bowl. are clowns. You guys are clowns. Okay, so for anyone keeping track on stuff that like I need in my life, I need that cereal. And then David Pasternak actually has uh, a, a pasta. It's a noodle that you can only get at select stores. I forget what the store is in Boston. Um. So I, I'm trying to get my hands on both of those. I forget what it's called. What is it just a noodle? It's literally like pasta noodles that you can uh, that you can buy. It's it's just called pasta. And here's a picture of that. Uh, we have a comment on the screen from Aldo. He looks like he's about to vomit. I'm sure he's huh. talking about Brad eating that cereal. Would you eat it or would you save it? I would want of like five boxes, like literally one to eat and then four to just have forever. Like it's it's legit just pasta noodles. You boil them and you make you make pasta. I want one. Yeah, right. I forget what store it is. Let me look here. I'd rather that uh, than the March Munch or whatever the hell it's called. No, I, I like it's not even a want. Like I I need it. I need these in my life. They need to go on my shelf. Yeah, I Joey's think... Joey's Bruins analysis quickly turned into him talking about Bruins related foods. Stop and shop. They're at local stop and shops. It's like a store in Boston. No, let's go. Yeah. All right. So that's Joey on the Bruins talking more about March marshmallows or Marsh Lucky, Munch. Lark, Lucky Marshes or whatever. Marshios. Marsh Munch. Marshios. Um, 
yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that period talking about our three favorite teams, and we're going to have some fun in period number three. Welcome to period number three of Bardown Talking Hockey, where we're only going to kind of talk about hockey. Of course, we talked about, you know, if you want to go back into the episode, we talked about the trade deadline, some of the teams going in the league right now. Next week, we're really going to start talking about things that impact the rest of the nhl season in terms of the on ice product i'm very much looking forward to it justin bieber designed some leaf jerseys that they are going to wear tonight against the new jersey devils and they're something they're reversible and i want to know specifically what joey parisi thinks of them why me specifically Wait, was I the first person you thought of when you saw these? Unfortunately, movies? unfortunately, you you. I'm so deep in your head that I'm you deep saw in these your jerseys. head too. You you're, saw you're, these jerseys. You're shaking in your boots about the 31st. You don't want to face good devils. No, I haven't even you, thought about the 31st. You, you I don't care about the 31st. You can't face good devils, Vinny. You don't even know how. You okay. don't even know how. It, Frank, wasn't it like literally two weeks ago? I don't even want to talk about the devils. <laughs> No, they score seven goals against the Rangers, and Jack Hughes has a phenomenal game. He's like, Shesterkin stinks, and the Devils, you don't want him. That's Vinny. Igor Shesterkin in his last four games, or in his last – hold on, I'll find it. Yeah, You'll no one cares. Um, and here's – Frank, did you think of me when you saw the Leafs jerseys? Like, no, I didn't, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. Vinny sees anything Leafs, and he's like, oh, I can't wait to see what Joey says about these. Like, like I'm so deep in his head with my Leafs hatred that he is probably going to be very shocked when I tell him that I am very jealous that the Bruins don't have one of these. I think they're the coolest things that Adidas has yet to come out with, and every single team in the NHL needs one. You like the yellow one? <laughs> yes, I fucking love I... it. I oh want a Bruins God. jersey. I want a Bruins jersey so bad that is because here's what I when I wear a jersey, it's the, here's my criteria. I only will wear jerseys that I see them wear on the ice. I hate those fucking jerseys that you know you can buy. Like they used to have the all black ones, the accelerator jerseys. I can't stand those because the Bruins never wore those on the ice. That I don't know. I'm weird like that. What about so, pregame? Yeah, no. See, I don't know. The only the only one I want is a green St. Patrick's Day one. Like I don't I don't care about those. Um an alternate, a third jersey, winter classic jerseys. Like I love wearing those jerseys. Like the jerseys that the Bruins have with these hats that I'm wearing, I love those because they actually wear them. The fact that they're actually wearing these Leafs jerseys on the ice tonight, it is so sick. I think that one on the left is perfect to wear in game. I want a Bruins jersey that I can flip inside out like that and rock and it looks so fucking cool. I'm very jealous that the Leafs are the only team that have them. I wish every team had them. I hope every team gets them. I think this reversal, reversible thing is uh, a future for jerseys that not only can, you know, give me happiness because it follows that thing that, okay, they wear them on the ice. But now when I go out to a bar, guess what? I can flip it inside out and still wear that same jersey and just have that sick fucking look. Yeah, I love it. I'm so mad that I love it, too. I thought you were going to hate the Bieber part. Like... No, I think it's sick. I think it's so sick. I think he designed the whole thing, actually. Credit to the, try credit to them for like, yeah. If you can't be as good as the Bruins, let's just steal their colors. Like, yeah, it's a little stupid, but whatever. Frank, I think they're the coolest jerseys that Toronto's ever had. 
to be honest with you. I when I saw them, my jaw dropped, and I like they look so good. The blue look like amazing. I love. There's something about a gold leaf that when you look at it is so it's just it's so clean on the black. It's like it's a different type of gold. Like it just shines the way it shines. It's just I don't know. I love the way it is. I would get it. All right. Well, I I thought Joey was gonna tear it to shreds. I wanted to. I wanted to. I, I'm. A, you know what I'm. A, you know what I am. Above anything, above a leaf stater, above it. I'm a man of fucking integrity. And if I like something, I like it. If I don't like it, I don't like it for no other reason than me. So Leafs jerseys sick. All right, they're wearing them tonight against the New Jersey Devils. I'm wondering if they're gonna do the yellow pregame. And the no, I think the yellow is literally just for fans. Oh. Like and that's what tickles my pickle. Like I can, I have my jersey that I can wear, you know, that they actually wear. Hey, they just wore this jersey on Friday night. I'm I'm rocking it. Wore it to the game. Guess what? Now I want something. I want to wear this. I want to wear my jersey, my favorite jersey. But guess what? We can change the look. Let's flip it reversible. I've always thought reversible things are cool. So the fact that it's on an NHL jersey now for the fans, love it. You know where I would love to wear the yellow one? To like an arcade or something. I think that would be sick to wear to like a Dave and Buster's or a GameWorks or a Round One. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's so clean. The only thing I'm confused about is the strap. A lot of these jerseys have those straps on the back, even the ones that you buy, the Adidas ones. So did they do away with the fight strap for these? Are the are the fight straps not going to be on the ones that us, the consumers, purchase? Because they are different. Jerseys are different. No matter what it says, it's an authentic jersey. They're very different than the ones that the players actually wear. So I'm assuming that the the ones that they wear, yeah, they might be reversible. They might have that that design on the inside as well. But they're definitely going to have a fight strap, and you're not going to be able to wear them reversed. I agree. Um, yeah, that's about the only uh, – it's not the only hockey thing we'll talk about this period, but I wanted to get Frankie's opinion on something. There's this new Harry Potter video game coming out, Hogwarts Legacy. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell the people, based on everything that you've seen, why this game is awesome. I want to know what consoles I can purchase it on, and I want to know when I can get it. Well, I'll start with the easy thing. Um, You can get it. It comes out holiday of 2022. There's no exact release date on it, and it's going to be on every major console, uh, Switch, xbox playstation so wherever you could play video games you're going to be find it i don't know if you could find it on pc but your major consoles you're going to be able to get it maybe pc let me just tell you this game is just i it's it's such and i've never been more excited for like an off-brand game like i get excited for call of duty i get excited for nhl but the the games that aren't like franchise based i have not been excited for a game like this in a while I don't know if you ended up watching the state of the play. Joe, this would be a game you love too. I I, I know nothing about it, honestly. It is. So let me just like give you a quick rundown of the game, right? It's Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy. And it's like, do you remember the game Bully? Mm -hmm. It is almost like they put some of those mechanics in the Hogwarts. But there are not many Harry Potter video games or video Mm -hmm. games out there where you could be a wizard. Right. You're you go into Hogwarts as a fifth year student. Right. You make your your wizard the way you want. And you the, the sorting hat from the Harry Potter films puts you in Huggle or Hufflepuff, uh, whatever the four are Slytherin, Gryffindor. And there's one more. What's the Ravenclaw? Name? 
Ravenclaw, right? So you get sorted into one of the, the houses or what, whatever, and you take classes. There's classes for defense against the dark arts. Yeah, I remember um, that in Bully. Like, you'd have to go to class. Yeah, so there's like classes. Activity. There's charms, defense against the dark arts. This is the state of play. And if you, I'm sure you can't watch the whole thing right now because it's pretty long. But there is a point in this um, in the state of play that they show this little like 15 minute thing or whatever, and it takes place in the 1800s before Ron, Hermione, and Harry are even born. Right. So this guy's mm-hmm. attending Hogwarts before any of the characters that you know have become to join the school or whatever, and you're going to fight off against cool creatures. Goblins are like one of the main characters, evil um, wizards. And it's a, it's a open world game, Joe. You could, you could go around Hogwarts. You could explore all of Hogwarts, all of Hogwarts. You could leave the campus and explore the woods. And there's like different puzzles and stuff that like, it kind of reminds me of a little bit. I told Vinny of uh, breath of the wild with the exploration. And there's like little puzzles and dungeons and to collect things. And I was watching and towards the end of this, really, it was like, it gave me chills because like, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you're going to know what I'm about to say. This dude that you're seeing, right? So here you're watching him getting sorted into one of the four classes. This dude, I don't know if you could like turn evil or if you could join like the dark side in Harry Potter. This dude, I want to see your reaction when I say this, Joe. So I... I... (laughs) Because you, because and Vin too. I'm a little nervous. I'm like, oh, what the hell is he gonna this say? This dude busts out Avada Kedavra. No, you could just fucking and kill people. No, I don't know, but he says it like in the state of play, like he's doing something, and then he like he's face. There's like another guy he's talking to, right? And they're like having a cutscene, right? And all of a sudden he's like, yeah, yeah, and then he turns around, takes his wand, he goes Avada Kedavra, <laughs> and it like shoots at the guy. And then there's a scene where like the guy who shoots his spell is going towards. Oh, is this it? No, this is like it's later on in the it's later on in the state of play, but he does it. And there's actually a moment that you see where the red from one wand and the green from another wand collide and they're like going at it. And it, it's so cool. Like I, I wrote about it. The picture of it's in one of my articles that I wrote about it. It is fantastic. I cannot wait to play this game. Yeah, that would be cool if, like, let's say you get, you know, depending on the path you choose, like, if you uh, can you be bad? Like, <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool that they have a class defense against the dark arts. Yeah. Like, and now, the reason I brought this up at all was because I knew Frankie would bring that level of passion for this game because it does look really cool. I read the article on that he wrote on it, and I told him that if he wrote about Hogwarts Legacy and did some research on it, I would share it on all my platforms. He called my bluff, and I shared it on all platforms. So, credit to and, you. This game is sick, and I can't wait to play it. And as you see right here, like you got to go around and like collect things, and you could make your own potions, and you could learn your own spells. Like, look at this guy. Just go. <laughs> what? Um, Do you know who makes it? Um, It's not a... A big branded uh, company. So it's, not, it's not like Ubisoft or anything. No, 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 no. It's not like EA. Because it looks, it looks very clean. It looks extremely clean, and the I, there's not many games out there like this where you go around and you're a wizard. Like there's no other Harry Potter game that even comes close to something like this. You could ride uh, oh, mythical and beasts. Of fantastic beasts in this picture. That was a Look little. There you go. Fantastic <laughs> <beasts> <laughs> and where to find them. 
It is. Yeah. And J.K. Rowling had nothing to do with the creation of this game. Um, but which is probably is a good set, thing. It is set in the Wizarding World universe, like. Obviously, if they're using spells like Avada Kedavra, and they're not, you're not going to see like Ron in them because obviously they weren't born yet. I don't know if you knew this, but the Harry Potter, Harry Potter movies are set in like the 1980s, 1990s, mm-hmm. and this takes place in the 1800s, so they're not even a thought in people's mind. Like this is this before point. Newt. This is before Newt's commander. Yeah, so you're not going to see stuff like that. But I, this is like I honestly, I don't say this about a lot of games like this. This might be a day one for me just because of how cool it is and how much I'm into like the Harry Potter movies. And there's just, it's an open world Harry Potter game. It looks yeah. sick. I'll be honest. Maybe this will be one of those games that kind of like steal the gaming world for a little bit, similar to what we're seeing right now. Everyone's talking about Elden Ring or Elder Ring. I don't even know what it is. Know nothing yeah. about it. Um, but it, it's seeing clips of it has made me want to play it. So I'm sure this will be uh, one of those same things. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll get back into it. I, yeah, I yeah. can't wait for this. And I it's been a while since I grinded. Huh? Sorry. What are you gonna say? <laughs> no, I was just saying it's been a while since I grinded like a story mode game, like a single player. It probably oh, was same. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Same. I agree. It reminds me of Breath of the Wild, Bully, and like Elden Ring mixed into one game. I like that. And I love Harry Potter. You know, all the books. I love Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. That place. For those who don't know, Harry Potter takes place in the late 80s, early 90s in England. And Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, parts one and two are out already. Part three comes to theaters later this year. Um, That takes place in 1920s America, at least to start. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's it's before that. So um, I'm excited. You got the crime, or you have what is it? Something dumb about Dumbledore, the next Fantastic Beast movie. Um, the crime was really good, so I highly recommend all Harry Potter content to people who like entertainment. It's not as nerdy and geeky as you think it is, just because of all that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, is there a favorite hockey story and a favorite non-hockey story from the past week or so that you're excited to talk about or share or, you know, do in your upcoming life, either last week or this upcoming week? Frank. Um, I'm just getting excited for the push for the playoffs. But did you see they changed the name to Rush for the playoffs? Because I think push for the playoffs was an NBC thing. Oh, oh really? I hate, yeah, I hate yeah. that. The they NHL. also changed the logo. Yeah, the NHL uh, posted a thing today. Like, if the playoffs were to end it today, it said rush for the playoffs. Um, I don't really like that. It doesn't roll off the tongue as much. But I don't really have a story, but I'm excited for that because now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the season for the rush for the playoffs. I love when you say meat and potatoes. So, for some reason, I when Frankie says appearance for meet someone on this show today, when Frankie says meat and potatoes, it just hits different than when someone else says meat and potatoes. It's like so, it's like, damn, that's a fucking good chunk right there, meat and potatoes. Well, there you go. We're getting to that point of the season. We got one month left, a little less than a month to go. Um, I don't know the exact day the NHL ends. One of you guys probably do more than I well, do. April twenty ninth is the last. All right, well, then there you go. We got one month <laughs> for, the, for the playoffs, so I'm getting ready for it. So instead of a story, I'm just telling you what I'm most excited for in the hockey world right now. 
What about non-hockey? Got anything? Yeah, I'm really, really excited for March Madness. Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. Tomorrow starts the Sweet 16. Yours truly for now is the top of the bracket. Yeah, yeah. You took over on the last day over me. I was literally sitting on top until the very last day. I don't even know who fucked me over. I don't care because my team's going to win it all. That's all that matters. I'm I'm in a little bit of trouble right now. If it's gonna take some big games tomorrow and this, I think weekend. it was Michigan State that fucked me over and got me out of that last spot. You can't pick teams because Tory Krug went there. So that's what I'm most excited <laughs> State, you absolute clown. Hey, how are you doing in the bracket? Oh. Exactly. So just shut I, up, all right? There are some colleges. There are some colleges that I will not be endorsing on this show for a little while here. So that's what I'll say about that. Joe, hockey-related story, non-hockey-related story you're looking forward to. Honestly, we talked a lot about hockey. I I was able to talk a lot about the Bruins. I'm excited to see this last month and a half, month and, what, 10 days of the season that we have left. Uh, I'm hoping the Bruins can eventually climb and take over that division spot. I think it's very possible. They're only seven points behind your Florida Panthers that you say, currently tied with the Toronto Stinks. Uh, who will lose tonight to your New Jersey Devils. So it's just uh, like worlds coming together, full circle. <laughs> Me and Vinny on the same team. <laughs> Why? What's so funny? I see you laughing. I know you can't you can't see that I see you, but I see you laughing. Um, so I guess that'll just sum up the hockey-related talk. And Vin, another thing we'll agree on, I guess we're just going to end the show on a great note, you and I, because it is Chicago White Sox baseball. They're winning right now. Spring training's going on. I cannot wait to sit my ass in a seat next to you at guaranteed rate field and watch some baseball. That's all I can, all I've been able to think about since that lockout ended. Absolutely. And before I get to my stories, I would like to say happy Halo Eve to Skylar. I will be enjoying the show along with you. Can't wait to talk about it. And it'll probably make me want to play some Halo in the upcoming weeks. I have the new one freshly downloaded onto my Xbox one. So I'm excited to play it when I get home from Wisconsin. Uh, my favorite hockey related story is that the devils are actually finally scoring goals they can't keep the puck out of their net they're not a good team as joey so astutely pointed out earlier in this show but you know i'm excited he's rooting for the devils tonight maybe he'll tweet let's go devils or something just to be funny and then i could retweet him so he can get some likes but you know that that's the way it is i'm excited about the devils i i enjoy watching nico he and jack hughes play hockey if anything so that that's my favorite hockey related story right now on top of I'm not going to say this every week just because it'll get redundant, but Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, this guy just keeps pumping out goals. He's going to break Gretzky's record. I, I honestly think it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when at this point. Um, I, I, I actually do think he's going to get to 900 goals, and I think 1,000 is a real serious you know, thing here if he stays healthy and we don't go through another pandemic. I mean, how many goals has the pandemic and the 05 lockout caused Ovechkin? I mean, that's a shit ton of goals that he lost. He'd be He would have passed. Or, uh, yeah, he would have passed Gordy Howe by now. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, my favorite non-hockey-related story, uh, Joe, I'm right there with you. It's baseball. I, I, I love March Madness, too. Don't get me it, – it, it's basically all sports right now. It's an interesting time to be a sports person because March Madness is sick. I mean, it's literally madness this year so far. We've seen 15 seeds and 14 seeds and 13 seeds. There's always the 12 seed madness. I mean, is Gonzaga going to go down over the next two days? It's certainly possible. They almost went down twice already. Like, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that whole tournament ends. I, I honestly think it's going to be the most interesting final four of all time. And I can't wait to see it. So, you know, that my brain's on that baseball's coming back. Uh, the white Sox are looking real good in spring training. Uh, Lucas Giolito pitched a gem yesterday. We haven't seen Michael Kopech yet. We'll see if he goes. Lance Lynn is on the mound literally right now as we speak. So, and the White Sox are going to face Carlos Rodon tomorrow. And you could go to SouthsideShowdown.com and read about that. That's, you know, it's on my mind just as much as you, Jeff. You know, we got a whole ton of baseball coming up this summer with our best friends and girlfriends and families and everybody in between. Can't wait for all of that. Um, I'm also very much looking forward to Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Every time I see a meme about this stuff on Twitter, I literally cannot wait. You're on mute, which makes you just look like a complete clown for making fun of me every time you ever have. I wasn't even I wasn't even talking to you. Oh, who were you talking to? The dog? Harley? Uh, hey, Harley, get in your cage. Was not even talking to you. So don't, no, don't you assume were. shit. No, uh, but while I'm, while I'm unmuted now, I might as well say it's 66 days, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> which is really funny, actually. Execute order 66. I think it's 66. I don't know. I see a bunch of stuff on my nerdy pages yeah. I follow. <laughs> And one last thing I wanted to touch on before we head on over to America's favorite podcast segment. Oh, we got Survivor back, according to Aldo Gandia. Gandia. I know that Frankie Mueller and him are going to bond over that show over the next couple weeks. So looking forward to hear them rant about that Um, tomorrow. is a very interesting day. I don't take very many days off when it comes to the sports stuff. Um, Tomorrow, there's going to be no episode of Crosstown Crosstown. I'm currently on vacation. I pulled myself away from vacation in order to be with you two complete Muppets for this show, which I I still stand by of everything I do professionally. This is by far my favorite thing that I do, bar down talking hockey, even though Crosstown's music, I want that to follow me around and be like the theme of my life. So really both of those two shows are my two favorite things that I do, but I had to get into bar down this week on vacation and talk a little bit of trade deadline with you guys. So no crosstown crosstalk tomorrow. The following week will be the last or the last episode of the off season on March 31st. And I'm actually looking forward to a very special guest. Um, I'm actually blanking on his name right now, but I could pull it up in just a couple seconds here. He's the color commentator for the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's David Wills. So David Wills is a family friend of a couple of cousins of mine, so I have connected to him that way, and he's going to be coming on my show next Thursday to talk about Tampa Bay's Rays Tampa Bay Rays baseball, Chicago White Sox baseball, because he's a White Sox fan, in addition to being the Rays color commentator, which is really cool. And I'm ready to talk about some of the two of the best teams in the American League. And I'm sure, you know, he'll have some interesting information and opinions on the Cubs and the National League in general, too. So that's going to be really fun. I'm excited about Crosstown Crosstalk. We got a big year coming ahead of us with this show and all my stuff on Fan Sided. Um, that's why I'm going to really enjoy tonight and these last two days of vacation. We got a big summer of baseball coming up here, ready to work, get stuff done. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So everybody tune in to Crosstown Crosstalk next Thursday, of course, but we will be back with Bar Down Talking Hockey first and foremost next Wednesday whenever Mitchell Trubisky decides that he wants to go out for some nice lunch. Mike North will be on to talk about it on the Mike North Advantage. Basically, anytime number 10 is in the news, I'm sure there will be a spontaneous episode of the Mike North Advantage on uh, Thursday mornings. Um, got all the great shows, some big, big, big news coming on Barroom Network over the next couple weeks. I'm excited. And then, of course, Monday evening, 
Crosstown Crosstalk. Or not Crosstown Crosstalk. That's Thursday. South Burbs Hitman makes its long-awaited return as the Major League Baseball lockout is over and we get ready to start the Chicago White Sox season. Me, Joe Mandel, Chris Gonzalez, and Steven Zim Zimmerman are going to be on the mics talking about White Sox baseball coming up. It's the last first and last show of the offseason because of the lockout. And really excited to be back on that Monday night grind with everyone talking Sox baseball all season long. Hopefully it ends in late October. So that's what I got on that. And, you know, very good period talking about some fun stuff. Is there anything else you want to talk about that is not related to sports? I'm just excited for Survivor to be back. Like Aldo said, it's been a great start to the season. I, I'm actually really entertained with how it's gone down so far. Uh, Joe, I'm still waiting for you to jump on the bandwagon, especially because there's a new twist that started last season and this season where, you know, what a hidden immunity idol is or you don't even know mm-hmm. what that is. Just yeah, it's like if you if you find it, like you're you're not going home. So there's a well, yeah, you got to play it at tribal, and then you're safe. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. there's three different tribes, right? And each tribe has a each tribe has like their own hidden immunity idol at their camp, right? But the new twist is like if you find like the the advantage, you can't activate it until every other tribe finds theirs, and at tribal or at a at like the next immunity challenge that they have you have to say like the wacky phrase that it tells you to say but it's like something completely out there like like completely random shit like like, stuff you would laugh at and be like it's just so random like i'm always thinking about how broccoli are just little trees and uh like something, (laughs) something weird like that it's like completely random and like nobody knows that you're trying to like activate it so everybody's like looking around like this dude's on crack. Yeah. Aldo has, Aldo has two interesting comments in the chat. We'll address this one first. Who would win in a survivor contest between the three of you? Uh, I actually think the answer is easy. It would go in order. Joey, Frankie, Vinny. I think I wouldn't even last a day. I barely do know how to do any physical labor. I mean, I can when my life depends on it, of course, I think. But I think Joey and Frankie would just be a tad bit better at it than me. Um, I've been known to be a diva and dramatic and all sorts of stuff like that, which is why I use my mouth for a living. Um, yeah, no shot. I'm winning survivor. I don't like to eat bugs or anything like that. I think you guys probably agree with my order. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I do, but I, I also don't know like what goes into the show as much as Frankie, he might have that advantage on me. So I would pick being the humble guy. I am. I would pick Frankie, me, you, there's nothing humble about you, but you know, we'll address Aldo's next question. What will Mike North do when Trubisky loses the Steelers quarterback job to Baker Mayfield? Well, if Baker Mayfield does in fact become a Pittsburgh Steeler and it is Baker versus Mitch, I actually think Mitch has a chance to win that starting job. But if he didn't, Mike North would have a fit and he'd have to come on this show to address it. Um, I think that should have to be the rule. If Trubisky loses his job to Baker freaking Mayfield, then I think Mike North just has to come on this show and concede to me and come on this show to talk about it. Cause I would love, like I said, a bunch of times, Mike North owes me nothing. I hope I get to be like 50% of Mike North in his career, but um, yeah, that's what I got on that. I hope everybody watches it whenever Mike North goes live. It's always electric factory. Um, Yeah. One more hockey thing um, before we transition here. The uh, that Dodonov trade never happened, it was just I, announced. Okay, it was okay. just announced that it, it did not go through. 
You know what? Good for him. He gets to play on Vegas and not Anaheim the rest of the way. Yeah. So with that, we would like to go to America's favorite podcast segment, Breaking Bets. Where is my money, bitch? Where the hell is your outfit? Did you think no one was going to call you out on it? You're getting lazy on it now. Did you think anybody was going to call you out on it? You thought just you would get away with it. That's what the absolute clown show you are. He says I'm getting lazy now on me. There it is. There's my outfit. How about you? I just realized Joey's not alone there with a puppy. What are you talking about? (laughs) You are not alone there with a puppy. I am alone here. I it's keep looking you, at the dog. It's you and the puppy. Yeah, hundred percent. Puppy's name. Harley. Harley Quinn. Harley we are puppy Quinn. sitting right now. I'm not at home. That's why I don't have my hat. And I keep looking at the puppy because she's got to go out. But you know, I'm trying to finish up the show. She's getting anxious. She wants dinner. So I um, couldn't figure out where you were at first, and then it like hit me like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm chilling with Harley, and this past like 15 minutes, she's been not staying still i gotta like get up and do something so we'll hurry this up we're gonna make some quick Break, are money you alone? here you alone right now baby no g's down here oh yeah let's go. Are, you are, are you alone i am alone right now actually <laughs> um <laughs> not in this yeah Harley, harley's been a great dog she's honestly the easiest puppy i've ever watched and taken care of and so it's been been a joy um Easier this right- time than the first time Hundred percent, yeah. She's she gets smarter and smarter every every week. It seems uh, she comes inside like right when I right when I give her the command, and which has been helpful because it's been kind of rainy and shitty outside, so it's less uh, playing around in the mud. But she's getting anxious now. She's hungry. I got to give her some food. Um, anyway, do you think hanging out with the dog makes her smarter because you're smart? Hundred percent. She would not be where she is today as a species if it wasn't for me. All right, there you go. Um, bets. Get it going. Breaking bets. So I apologize. I don't have the hat. Or the glasses. Maybe the picks are going to be bad. Maybe I'm going through something because guess what? I'm picking New- your New Jersey Devils tonight against those Toronto Stinks and those sick jerseys. I don't care how cool they are. After It's going to be cool. Uh, we saw a tweet from uh, Pete Blackburn, I think it was. It would be like He's like, it'll be so cool to see both, reverse, or both sides thrown on the ice this year or something like that. So um, I thought that was really funny. Really good tweet. I got the New Jersey Devils sitting here at plus 245. Give me a team that knows how to score goals and give me a team that sucks at fucking defending goals and give me that matchup all day. I, I, I like the New Jersey Devils. They could easily go into Toronto and win against the Toronto Maple Stinks tonight. Uh, you seem to like when I call them that. So the other one, oh, Frank. They're just my enemy um, today. So. I, I have a feeling Frankie and I aren't going to steal each other's picks because I don't think he has the Devils and I don't think he's going to have this one because he said last week, about how he, he's not a fan of taking teams minus one and a half, even though the one that he did last week ended up hitting following pursuit tonight. That's the Colorado Avalanche playing the Vancouver Canucks in Colorado. I like the Colorado Avalanche minus one and a half at plus, minus 110. So those are my picks. Avs minus one and a half and the New Jersey Devils money line at plus 245. Frank? I just want to say last week, the one and a half hit and the other two, I don't think, did too well but like the three weeks before that i think i've swept the board so Mm -hmm. if anybody's tailing these are good ones to tail tonight i'm pretty Uh, sure i've been doing okay we we really got to keep a record here 
I, I know we should we should have kept the record because I the picks like up until a few weeks ago have been on fire. And oh no! I, last week, last week the Bruins. Okay, so last week I had the Bruins beating the Wild and the Wild won, but that was a uh, they were plus. My other plus was the Columbus Blue Jackets going in, in the Ottawa and they won, and then you had the minus one and a half on the Tampa Bay Lightning Frank. So we actually we went I went one and one last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, go ahead. So are you ready? Mm-hmm. Well, we're ready. Well, we talk about how the Devils can't keep the puck out of their net and how Toronto scores a lot and they can't keep the puck out of their net. Put those two teams together and you're going to get a high offensive scoring affair, which is why I love the Devils and Leaf game over today. Seven. Over? Seven? I saw it was seven. I was like, Frankie taking the Plus over seven? 107. I It's going to be like a 5-3, 6-3 final. You heard it here first. 5-3 or 6-3 final, either way, could be 5-3 Devils, could be 5-3 Leafs. I don't trust the Leafs at home, so I'm glad you chose the Devils. That was your pick. I like the over here. I think there's going to be a lot of goals. It just seems like every time the Devils are playing or Toronto's playing, no matter who they're playing, there's a lot of goals. So over 7 might seem a little scary for some people because it's not too often that you see a game over-under being 7. I've never seen it higher than 7, and seven's extremely rare. But I like the over 7 at plus 107. Then... Uh, another pick I have, the Nets are going to Memphis tonight to play the Grizzlies. The Nets are on the road, right? But they're ultimately a better team on the road just because Kyrie could play on the road and he can't play when they're home. So the Nets are just a stronger team on the road. They've been playing better lately. Um, they're on some sort of road winning streak. They go to Memphis, which Memphis does not have their leading score, John Morant. He's not playing. He is injured. So now you have their leading score out. The Nets are a stronger team on the road, and the Nets are only minus 126. I love that line. I would smash that line. I think it's going to be an easy win for them. I wouldn't say easy because, you know, the Grizzlies are still good without Morant, but you lose one of your best players, actually probably their best player, no doubt, and now you got to face the Nets who, like I said, are stronger on the road. So take the Nets' money line at minus 126. And then this one, if you're just looking through games and you're wondering at the line, you might think that this shocks you. The Heat are minus nine and a half against one of the best teams in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. Minus nine and a half. Well, two reasons. Warriors played last night and Steph Curry's out. Heat are a very good team at home. They're very, very well capable of covering nine and a half. So I have the Heat's minus nine and a half to beat the Warriors by at least double digits um, at minus 110. Um, like I said, without Seth Curry or without Steph Curry, um, you know, it's going to be hard to cover that, especially on the road on a back-to-back. Take the Heat minus 9.5 at minus 110. He'll be golden. Outstanding work, gentlemen. You did very well breaking bets. Um, Aldo seems to think he's down $50 from your advice. I guess it could be worse, right? Could be down $500. Yeah. I know. It's it's we're doing, we're, it's we're doing something, right? Yeah. It's if, you only, if you only listen to Joey, you'd be down like, a billion dollars from his football playoffs. <laughs> you still, I still think about those football playoffs every day and how right I was and how wrong you were. Um, good show. Are you mad at me now that I said that about the playoffs made you all sad? We'll say something. Yeah, I stink. <laughs> no, you're actually really good. Your, your hockey picks are better than mine. Fantasy baseball is really heating up. Don't you think? Um, what did I just? I think I just fantasy won. Baseball? No, well, fantasy, we'll, fantasy we'll, baseball. We'll you got to schedule a draft. 
We'll he take care of that. Baseball, I, I met fantasy hockey. Fantasy hockey's going great. Thanks for asking, huh? Yeah, you had a nice comeback against me on Sunday. I uh, I clinched second seed, so these next two weeks are, you know, I can't move up or down. Yeah, I wonder if I clinch with a win this week. I should probably look into that. I think I might. And now I have Flurry and Talbot, the duo. So yeah, very good, very good. I like Joe, that. How about you? Big big wild fan. I hate fantasy. Yeah, no one um, talk about your fantasy team. I need I needed a big win last week. Nobody get it. Nope. Okay. Just kidding. Yeah, that was I'm a big one. I got nothing to really say besides I needed a big win last week and I couldn't get it. Now I'm playing the best team, arguably one of the best rosters we've seen in our fantasy league, and I'm currently winning. So let's, let's hope I can keep it up. I beat him. You can too. Joey beat him once this year, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure are I'm one of his. Of his are two of his three losses to me and Joey? Yeah, if you beat him, then yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I beat him like two weeks Oh, and ago. wait, I beat him. Oh, there you the go. Three must beat him. He loses to the three who run a podcast about hockey. Real shocker. Yeah. Just kidding. I don't know shit about hockey. The more I think I know, the less I know. So that's our show. It was great. I think it was, you know, well-paced. Uh, we talked about the trade deadline, went over our favorite teams, talked a little bit about Justin Bieber, um, Harry Potter. Of course, told you that Crosstown is off tomorrow, but we will be back the following week. Uh, is there anything else either of you have to get off your chest before we get on out of here? Well, I'm sure there is something. Um, yeah, those are, those are pretty cool. Um, not saying like five years ago. Yeah. I was going to say those look really old. Um, yeah, I, I kind of hope that those Leafs jerseys, like in all seriousness, I hope that is a, a step in that, that partnership or whatever. I forget what the company that, that there's a name for that company that they partnered with to make the other sides of those or whatever. But I kind of hope that reversible thing is, uh, is something that we see in the future here because I think they're awesome. Who would design the Bruins one? What do you mean? Who would design it? Like Bieber did the Leafs one. Oh, I don't. I don't know if necessarily like that's like if there's going to be. A I know, but if, some, if it was like a artist or actor or something. Me. You okay? Yeah. You could probably design something sick as long as it's not that complete absolute twat Mark Wahlberg, who's number one on my band from liking the New England Patriots list. That complete idiot. No Mark Wahlberg for Boston sports. I'm anti-Mark Wahlberg for Boston sports. Chance the Rapper would be a good one for the Blackhawks one. Or Kanye. But Kanye would probably mess it up somehow. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bon Jovi would probably do it for the New Jersey Devils. So that's all I got today. Um Make sure you're following at the King Bean on Twitter. Make sure you're following at Joey Parisi on Twitter. I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. And for 52 weeks, a year's worth of shows, hockey shows here on the Barroom Network, I can't say thank you enough to each and every person who's watched at any point, even if it's for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, or the entire episode. You mean more to me than you know. And for all of those that are closest to the three of us, you guys mean the most. So thank you so much. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>